Hey there folks, just a quick little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, Jason and I recorded this episode on Easter Sunday, and subsequently the Chiefs, after we recorded, traded for Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks. He was one of the best defensive ends in the league last year. He is 25, turning 26 this season. We gave up our first round pick, number 29, our second round pick that we acquired in the D Ford trade, in 2020 and we moved up in this year's draft in the third round uh, we just swapped picks with the Seahawks there then we also signed Frank Clark to a five-year 104 million dollar deal uh, just had to state that so it will change a little bit of what we were talking about in the episode we do go pretty in-depth uh, with players that we like um, other scenarios for different teams and things like that so it shouldn't affect it too much uh, hope you enjoy the episode what's up everybody welcome to look who's talking mao i am your host chris mowry and on this episode we have a friend of mine he's a drummer tour production manager drum tech and crazed chiefs fan jason trebu how are you doing, Jason? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Happy Easter to you. Yeah, happy. Uh, he has he has risen. He is he, he is up there. He is he is here. I did not see him today. I didn't either. I, I, I did hear that things things were rising. Yeah, and he's uh, I hear he's doing he's real doing, good. He's doing good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things are great. Uh, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs offseason, uh, the upcoming draft, which is on Thursday. Uh, but first, let's get to know you a little bit, Jason. So you've played in a bunch of bands locally, Casket Lottery, Videra, did a lot of touring. Do you prefer being on stage or being behind the scenes? It's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because I've been on stage a lot more in the last year mm-hmm. doing the Casket Lottery stuff. I think we played like yeah. 30 shows last year. Um, maybe less. I can't remember. But it was it was a decent amount. And it was one local show so it was all um east coast and west coast touring Mm -hmm. um i loved it it was awesome Um, but i also loved getting back to like the production managing role and you know sitting in an office at a different venue every day yeah so uh, it's kind of equal um i would obviously love to just play drums in a massive band and not worry about anything and make a shit ton of money but that sounds nice that sounds cool (laughs) um but i'm in a really good spot with the bands that I work for right now. Yeah. And um, we tour like really easy. And not that Casket Lottery was touring hard, but it was like a sprinter and hotel rooms every night. Right. Which is yeah. fine. But I'm at like a like three weeks is my maximum for that. Yeah. Where if you're in a bus like with only five or six other people in it and you're getting hotels three or four nights a week, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, I can do this for six weeks. Right. So. I, it's kind of it's equal. equal i'm not like yeah i don't need <laughs> i love playing drums but i can also kind of get the same enjoyment playing drums by myself would you say yeah. it's more tiring playing drums or more tiring being a production manager uh, production manager yeah yeah i try to everybody's like oh you got a great job man you you just production manage the venue i'm like yeah 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 it's it's I'm, it's fun it's but you're doing a lot yeah um i'm first one in last one out so it's uh, it can get tiring. 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. is is basically 
the schedule. Yeah, what's a work? What's a what's a hours work week look like? Um, Why is this probably four shows a week. Um, sometimes five if it, if it's if the routing is real uh, screwed up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's like roll into the venue at ten, load in at eleven, show starts at nine, show drops at eleven, loadout takes ninety minutes. In bed by one, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. In bed at one, by one o'clock. Um, and that's if I don't take a shower. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Playing some shit venue where it's like, uh, I'll, I have a day off tomorrow, so I'll just shower then. Right. But, yeah, so, I mean, that's tiring. I mean, the, like, when we were doing Casket Lottery, we went out with Get Up Kids in June of last year. Mm-hmm. And we did, like, two and a half or three weeks. And that was, like, fun as shit. Because we'd get to the venue at... And you've known all those guys for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Everyone goes back. Yeah, twenty plus years, you know. So, but Where I think I, when I had Stacy on, he said that the first time he ever met the Get Up Kids, they were opening for Coalesce. Yeah, I saw a. I don't know if it was that show. Stacy claims it is, but I saw a Get Up Kids and Coalesce show. Oh, man, I don't know where it was. We this is what we argue about. Yeah. Stacy's memory is like pinpoint. And yeah, I'm like, like I'll, uh, I'll defend my poor memory a yeah. lot. And I'm like, your memory might be great, but I don't, I don't remember it that way. But no, so it was cool because we would roll casket would roll in at like four o'clock every day. Yeah, you know, so and it was awesome. And then we would play at eight thirty or nine, and play forty five minutes. Be done. And then I was just like, this is great. Like this is kind of cool. Yeah. So and I hadn't done that forever. So I mean, I'd been either teching or production managing for like ten years. Yeah. yeah. And so like, what got you started in that? Because you, the first one you listed, and then we, did, I asked you about it. And you said you did work for Thrice as well. The first one you listed was Motion City Soundtrack. Yeah. Was that your first job in it? No, I actually forgot. And how did like how did that get started? Basically, how did you start <laughs> doing? So well, I started working for this band that like they were fine they're they're not i I did not enjoy working for them but this band chiotos i don't know if you remember that band i do i do very much actually (laughs) yeah yeah so um i was in this band hopes fall which is like this post-hardcore band yeah and my buddy grady what that did sound for hopes fall was doing after the band after hopes fall broke up i wasn't doing anything but grady had moved on to chiotos and they were this massive band at the time yeah they were huge yeah Hope's Fall had broken up, and I was just, like, in limbo for, like, two years. I'd moved to L.A. Um, I was playing, like, online poker every day, like, 80 hours a week. As you do when you're in L.A. Right. This is, like, <laughs> 2000, 2007 and eight, And so I was like, man, this is fucking awful. So broke up with the woman I was dating there. moved back here to Kansas City. And Grady was just like, yo, we need a drum tech. We'll pay you 700 bucks a week. I was making no I had no job and I was like um okay cool so I did that for one and a half tours I think I came in through like midway through a tour and then did another tour with them Mm -hmm. um and I met Brian Southall which has become a good friend of mine we were talking about earlier yeah Brian was tour managing Chiodos but he also tour managed Motion City Soundtrack so we did but he also he also did like production stuff as well like Not, well kind of i so thought I, I thought he was he was also like he also ended up doing stuff with like aisles and glaciers and stuff like that where yeah, he was like so producing yeah he was doing he was and which was the singer of Chiodos, Chiodos, was, yeah. was in that band so he when boys night out ended and then trios which was the receiving into sirens that was south hall's other band 
when all that stuff like ended, he started. He he did the same thing I did. I think he started drum teching for Panic at the Disco. Okay. He's like, well, what am I going to do? My band's broke up. You're just bringing back all this right. nostalgia we, for me right we now. We don't know how like, to read. Right. We don't know how to add. <laughs> like we have no skill set whatsoever. So he started drum teching, and then Brian's a like badass logistics dude. So yeah, immediately goes right into tour managing, and so we kind of came from the same spot. So we kind of immediately like kitted off like, oh, drummer similar bands uh sad lives working <laughs> on my for poker his, yeah <laughs> he loved like loved play, he, he played he plays cards he's really so i won't ever player. play what you're saying to me is i should never play cards with you correct all right i will not um, i know i don't play cards very often anyway so probably probably not yeah do that. um i used to play cards a lot that's a completely different story <laughs> um but yeah so south hall brought me to motion city soundtrack which i was with for like two and a half, three years. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was one of the longer stints. Yeah. Well, except for what you're doing now with Band right, of Horses right. and Garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's so that's how that happened. So Grady got me drum teching. And um, uh, South Hall got me the Motion City gig. And then it just kind of trickled down. Dude, it's so weird because... Now, did you tech for Motion City or did, were you... Yeah, I was doing drums. Production. And okay. um, towards the end, like I was kind of like, tour managing. It was... The band was going through their ups and downs before yep. they eventually like parted ways. Split, yeah. Yeah, broke up. So South Hall had left to do some other acts, and I was still kind of teching but tour managing on some tours, and I could, like I saw the writing on the walls, which is why I moved on to other ventures at that point. But mm-hmm. like how like really how I got into all this, it's really weird. Um, it's it's just like a domino effect. Like oh, I did this thing at eighteen, posted on. In 1999, a Kansas City music forum. You, like, you remember how forums would just go in zigzags, like in comets and stuff like yep. that, you know, because the, I don't know, whatever the programming is, was all fucking weird. Yeah. Posted, and some, this dude that used to be in a band, Reflector, which was a KC band, like a popular Kansas City band in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, yeah, Paul Malinowski was talking to me about that the other yeah, day. Yeah. Um, and it was a cool band. Anyway, the singer of that band just was on there, and he's just like, "I need. I'm starting a new band. Will you play drums?" And then it just kind of trickled down from there. And somebody gave me, because I was in that band, somebody gave me another gig. And then from that gig, I met so and so, which got me into Hope's Fall, which then I met Grady, and then Grady got me a job. So it's super. Yeah, just like, like I, I'm really like you can follow back like I think about it like four or five steps. And it, like in 1998 or 99, it's like, oh, four steps from that, I met Grady and then started teching and now I'm just. Yeah. So in this, in this short conversation of your career, we've named like four bands that just made high school me like freak the fuck out. So Motion City Soundtrack, that commit this to memory album, yeah, like fucking cool, yeah, cool record. changed, changed my, like, just like, it was like poppy, but like yeah. Justin was saying a lot of stuff on that that was like pretty poignant for the time like none of those other like kind of pop punk records at the time were really yeah that's digging true. into that yeah because that was that was i think that was the last album he wrote when he was still drinking and mm-hmm. doing a bunch of drugs yeah, and everything yeah, so he was sober yeah um i only know justin as sober right so the stories of him not sober are foreign to me but yeah and you're like really interesting like yeah they would tell me stories and i'm like this dude like this guy he was super nice when he was at record bar. That was also pretty surreal though too. Was yeah. Like, was that good? Was, was it okay? Yeah, it was a it was a pretty good turnout. It was mm-hmm. mostly people who like 
just waiting to hear him sing Motion City songs. Right. Which he did, right? Yeah, totally. He did, he did like, he asked the rest of the band to leave. Oh, wow. The stage. Because he he didn't feel right. As he said, it, he's like, I don't feel right like playing these songs without those guys. So I will play three songs acoustic for you That's cool. that are those songs. But what was cool about that is like, I realized as the show went on, talking to them, everybody in that in his backing band were all like other emo bands that I listened to when I was a yeah. kid. Like his guitarist or bassist was from the forecast and, oh, wow. and, uh, his guitarist was from another band from Minneapolis, uh, small towns burn a little slower. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like some sort of guitar genius who makes like crazy pedals. He just like gifted Paul a, a pedal. I can't remember what pedal shop um, he works for, but, but in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember what the name of the shop is. I know is. the guy. I know who you're talking Because Paul was like, he works for fucking blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, I don't know who that is, but like, you sounded like that's important. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. J- Justin used to get a bunch of random pedals, and I think it's from that dude. Yeah. He would show up with these pedals. And yeah. And be like, was dude, like, check these out. Yeah. I just made this. Check out this noise that is not going to be cool to anyone else but us. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just be like, awesome. just all sound nerds. Everyone in the audience will yeah. hit that. It's yeah. pretty cool. I think these all probably came out around the same time that you were saying that Brian played on Trainwreck, mm-hmm. which was like. Yeah, the Boys Night Out record. Yeah, it's like yeah. also like at the time, like nobody was writing concept story albums yeah. that were that was just as wild times yeah it's so funny that that record there's so many people that love that record <laughs> when it came out i was not and i've told brian this yeah. i was just like i knew boys on out but yeah. i would like kind of moved well because they were like they were kind of like a screamo band beforehand it's just funny because yeah. i that's the like the kind of the bands that i was that i was in yeah and playing for them but I never listened to it. I never had a moment where like those were the bands I listened to. Yeah. So I remember, I'm <laughs> talking to Southall. I was like, "Hey, man, I remember getting Trainwreck. Like, it's cool. Don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Don't get it. So <laughs> many people get it. I'm like, and like people I was in bands with, they're just like, dude, that's how do, you, how do you not get it, dude? You know Southall? I'm like, yeah, it's like Trainwreck, man. I'm like. And you're like I, I don't understand know. it. Like uh, whatever, I dude. Know, I, I don't know. So, but you uh, worked with Thrice. They did. They did some concept stuff, but that's a lot, a little bit more easy to understand. They did those Alchemy, Alchemy yeah, records. But I, I lived with their manager at the time in California when they were doing those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember they they did them in their home, like their home studio. Yeah. Riley, Riley was living in this house. The studio was behind it in the garage, and I was like, "What in the fuck?" is happening like okay so we're recording the fire ep i'm like are you that's cool and then they're like so then the air so we have the air ep i remember talking to some of the other guys and they were all super busy so it was like i'd go and visit and hang out or you know do whatever and it was like okay fill me in on what's like what are you guys doing what's happening it's like so we just worked on water i'm like oh did you what the fuck are you guys doing it came (laughs) out didn't really understand what was happening with it um, I'm like, why didn't you just release two albums? Like, why? Why, <laughs> why are they all four different EPs? But then the the vinyl for it came out, and they did the, the special vinyl for it was some of the coolest vinyl I've ever seen. It was like these four. Um, what's a normal vinyl? Um, is it ten, is it ten inches or twelve? Uh, it's uh, twelve. Okay, so they did ten inch vinyl. Yeah. So which was I was like, that's really cool. And then the fire was obviously like red and orange. Water was blue and white. Yep. Um, wind, I think, was clear. 
and uh, earth earth was like brown like all these different kind of browns and yeah. i was like that's really awesome yeah and, and it makes sense too because you're like now now i have like a visual representation of it yeah so i had i had the record i was like okay i'm gonna spend the weekend like really taking this in and i did and i was like fuck this is really cool like this is and i still think it's like it's a really it's a very interesting it's concept really like rad. and it's some of the coolest shit that they've done yeah. and i think that it's really uh undervalued in that for that band like everything yeah. that that band's done and all their records i think that that those four eps people give it its due like it's run but yeah. i don't think they do like like they should i don't think they do it like they should i think it's maybe because they don't that may be the only thing that they really enjoy. Like, cause that's pretty much the only thrice record that I like earth is pretty much the only one that I'm like, that's really rad. Cause it's like yeah. kind of a little bit folkier and kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, but it goes with the, the theme of the, of the album and that last song where they have a mic in a box and mm-hmm. they're just throwing dirt on the box. The sound is just getting quieter and quieter. It's like, that is fucking really cool. cool. That is like a really very cool. cool idea. Whoever thought I of that. Remember they did this one called night diving. This was the one that caught me. It's like instrumental and really like such a rad song, really cool vibe. And at the, at, at one point when the song breaks down, it sounds exactly as if you jump into a pool and you can still hear the want. You, oh you can, yeah, you can still hear the music, so it's all muffled. Yeah, and then when you come up, you know. Oh, you, it's like it, you jump into the pool; it's all muffled, and, and it's coming in, right? Out. And I was like, God, it's like, it's. How did they do that? Really did they cool did idea. they like put a mic in some sort of case and no, like throw it's, it, it in? It, there? You, you just use like some type of filter oh, okay. or something. Yeah, so it's just done in. in well, because that one was practical, so I didn't know if they. Yeah, that one's practical. Yeah, that one is like easy to yeah easy to, to you can't just throw a live mic into no, a pool you can't. I mean, oh, you man. but that was really cool and i was like man you guys did a lot of really interesting things and that's why like i don't i would the time i've spent with them i've always tried to get them to play that song yeah the instrumental one yeah it's like no it doesn't make sense for them yeah but i just don't know another band that can do heavy shit as cool as they do they do heavy shit for sure bulky shit as good as they can do it yep because of dustin and his yeah. and and he's real like versatile and then like the weird electronic stuff and more indie stuff which is like really up tepe's alley and the weird off time stuff which is up riley and ed's alley yeah like they're all four bring something different and i just don't know another band i know i'm like kind of rambling about them but that's fine there's not another band where it's like you could play 15 songs that are heavy as fuck and it would be a cool set or you could just strip it down and play 10 or 12 songs that are acoustic and I could sit down and have coffee and yep. enjoy it. Yep. And you could play 15 weird Radiohead songs. Yeah. You know? Well, that was the thing, too, is I, I just went and saw uh, – they just did a tour recently in town where it was Chon, Circus Survive, mm-hmm. and then Thrice. Yeah. So I saw – well, there was another band, too, on there. I can't uh, remember who it was. Is that balancing composure? It's balancing. I've seen balancing composure, and I was like, I, I, I. so I saw Sean, which they're great. I saw Circa because I've been wanting to see Circa. I haven't seen Circa since Warp Tour, and like when they like at first made me go, oh, there's like some other music I need to be yeah. listening to because I was listening to like mostly like pop punk and stuff like that, and then like Circa Survive like hit my ears, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Uh, and that kind of sent me off on like getting into weirder stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I bought the Sound of Animals Fighting DVD 
just because I knew Craig from Chiotis was a singer in it yeah. and Anthony was. But then I, because I bought that DVD, it made me spread out into finding out, like, listen to RX Bandits and all of that yeah. other stuff that all of those guys did. But uh, actually left before Thrice played because I was like, they're not going to play anything off of Alchemy Index. And I left, and then somebody texted me. They were like, they're, oh, they totally played stuff on Alchemy. I'm yeah. like, God damn it. I, <laughs> it. I think it was at that show. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. I was I totally at that show. It was at the Uptown. Theater. Uptown, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they play Fire Breather. Yeah. That's like a, kind of a staple. And then they were playing, when I was with them, they were playing this song. Um, fuck, man, I can't remember. But it's like, the, it's, it's on that Fire EP, and it's the most badass song on that Fire EP. But it's also really difficult to play. Like, it's like real technical, and it's like, they had just started playing it when, when they got back together in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was real stoked on it. And so I was like, oh, man, they're only going to play this. We're like, hey, we're back. Going to give the fans what they want. But I, they played it at that show again, whenever this was, 2018. Yeah, was it, last it was last year. Yeah. And they played it, and I was like, fuck, you're still playing it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so I know that there were definitely three songs from the index that they played. Yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. I thought like because they, I think they had just released something or yeah. were, so. I figured well, they, they were going to be playing newer stuff. Tail end of that album cycle before right. releasing this last one they did. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know. I made the wrong assumption that they did, were going to play anything. They, well, I mean, they <laughs> yeah. do. They could probably choose from whatever eighty songs at this point yeah. to play. So it's like you like if you like ten songs, you're like you have a slim chance of seeing right exactly more than five. That you like. Um, what's a Let's let's try this. You don't have to tell me which band it is, mm-hmm. or name anybody's names. But if you want to, that's fantastic. What's a crazy tour story that you can actually tell me without getting you in trouble? Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's pro- it probably has something to do with Chiodos. Probably, yeah. Because that they they when you started working for them, is that when they were like they were there was like the height of they were doing like two thousand three thousand cap rooms. Yeah. Man, I know that there's something stupid with Craig. I'm trying to go through like all of the terrible <laughs> interactions I had with that guy. He was one of the worst human beings I've ever met. When I met him, he was super nice, but I was also like 15 years old. Well, so. he's gonna like on on the surface, he's gonna yeah. be nice. Yeah. But then he's then he's like one of the worst people. I kind of figured everything fell apart pretty quick, so right. I figured it had to be something like that. Right. But. Um, and I also stopped listening to his music because I just started being really annoyed by his voice. Um, man, I'm trying to think of something that he's so. <laughs> he is it's, okay. So I I just started working for them, mm-hmm. and uh, the woman there was a woman that was tour managing the other band, mm-hmm. and um, really like really cute, like really attractive, and she, um. He goes up to her the first day and is just like, I'd like to invite you to the back lounge to watch horror movies with me. It's like, you're more than welcome to come. And she's just like, um, I don't, what? Okay. Like, no, I think I'm all right. So he tells tour manager, he's just like, she said no. So you need to go talk. You need to go tell her that this is like a privileged experience. So the tour manager goes and tells her. So this all gets back to the crew. Like, since yeah. the first day. As soon as it happens, everybody's like, oh, shit. Right. So the yeah. tour manager goes and says, hey, look, it's typically when Craig invites a woman, it's like 
she goes back there. She's just like, I'm on this tour. (laughs) Typically when this happens. Yeah, typically when this happens, like women go back there and they and they cuddle. Like he wanted to cuddle. Like that was a word that he used. He's Uh, like, I'd love to cuddle with you. Cuddle cuddle sash. Right. And it's like, dude, you like the tour started today and you so and, and this is like a dude that thinks he's like, you know, king shit or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. So we kind of blow it off a little bit. Happens the next day. And she comes up and like she's talking to me now. And and her and I are still friends too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is 10 or 11 years ago now. But she comes up and she's like, this is really weird. Like, what is with this dude? I'm like, I've kind of only been here for a handful of shows. I think the dude sucks. Like, I don't really know what's going on. So he walks up and he's like, hey what are you guys doing? And I was just like, hey, man, we're just kind of talking. And he's like, so have you decided to take me up on my offer? And she's like, I think I'm not going to. And he's like, and they would call him, there was another Jason um, that played guitar in the band, so they would call me J2. And, okay. he, and he looks at her and he goes, fine, enjoy hanging out with J2. And then, like, storms off. And we're like, what is happening here? So we made up this whole thing through the rest of the tour where – her and I became romantic and we had started dating and <laughs> um, we were spending all of our free time together. Cause I didn't, I was drum teching. I had no responsibilities. Right. And um, I wasn't going to work for them after this. I was like, fuck these. It things. doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, but watching, watching his response to all of this, to me, like his drum tech that was, that he thought was like, hooking up with the woman that he wanted to cuddle with and watch or Ms. it's it was kind of amazing like to this day like me and some other people that were on that tour like look back on it with and with that story like i've been really lucky because as kind of lame as that story is that's really like some of the craziest shit that's gone down which is just like the entitlement of that dude because he was yeah. really entitled with just fucking everything. well that whole that whole scene when they that whole like screamo scene when everything started blowing up very f- quickly mm-hmm. i feel like that happened to a, a lot of those those guys all kind of they're not all of them because you can't just blanket statement say mm-hmm. all these guys were terrible but it seems more of them than you would think were all kind of yeah i mean but know. after that it was like the motion city guys were Super chill. Yeah. Um, Jimmy World guys, like some of the best, not only like a great band, but yeah. like just some of the best dudes yeah, you yeah. ever go to tour with. But they're not Screamo guys. No, but I'm talking about like yeah. people that I've worked for. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. Like coming in from like Chiodos, like once I got out of the Screamo world, which was like this huge, it was like cryptocurrency. It was like this boom. Yeah. And then just like hit rock bottom. It hit rock there. bottom, but then it like sort of resurged and then fucking died again. Right. So I got to like, so, so all that weird shit happened with Craig. Where I'm just like, is this like fucking... Is this real? Is this going to be like the shit that I'm going to have to deal with? Because if, if it is, I'm just going to go do something else. But then I got with Motion City. I was with them for almost three years. Nothing crazy happened. Was that when they had switched drummers? Or was that still no, the original so drummer? Tony was still there. Tony, and yeah. then he left. Did yeah. he start doing comedy or something? Tony... Uh, so he... Like I saw him do like something with... Uh, Garfunkel and Oates or something like that and then yeah. I was like oh shit what the fuck and then he had been on Doug Benson's show a bunch He's, of times he and Doug he and Doug are friends um, Jonah Ray yeah um, the comedian Jonah Ray yeah. he and Tony are friends Tony lives in LA and that's what Tony wants to do Tony wants to be in the the comedy world the comedy world like 
doesn't want to do stand-up comedy but he want like he's got he writes star wars songs now fuck yeah and, um star wars songs are great yeah he does that he's did got, he do the nerdist song that they did where no, it was the so. they just did a uh a, a remix of the um Star is Born song that was very no, funny. No, it wasn't him. He's got a, <laughs> Tony's got a Patreon where it's like, oh, okay, give gotcha. me twenty bucks and I'll write you a song. Yeah, like, it's called like Cloud City Soundtrack. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's doing. He, <laughs> he's so good. he's doing his thing. He's out there. He's out there doing oh his thing. Oh my god. Um, he does something. Oh, uh, Chris Hardwick was so. Uh, yeah. Chris Hardwick would come to motion shows and. Um, this was before Talking Dead, and he really he had started Nerdist. Nerdist had just started. He was probably still doing it. He was probably doing it at midnight at the time. Um, at midnight hadn't started. H- hadn't started yet because that when, was when, after when Talking I, Dead. When, when I met him, yeah. When I met Chris Hardwick for the first time, he, I only knew him from the Singled Out Singled Out show. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck have you done since then? Yeah. I was like, well, I just started this like podcast network, and I think at midnight was in the works. Like I that fucking was, loved yeah, that show. That was, was like really one of good. my favorite shows. Um, so Tony is friends with a lot of people. I don't know where, like, we haven't really lost touch. Like, we still send the casual, like... Hey, man, how you doing? Pro, well, it's like, yeah. it's, it's a pro wrestling text between Brian Southall and I and Tony. Uh, like, an old pro wrestler, usually it's like a photo of somebody from the 90s oh, or yeah. 80s. Some dumb clip. There's a clip So on, you're a pro wrestling guy as well? Uh, in the 80s. 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 Okay. As a kid, I, I, I was. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know shit about it. Yeah, that. I don't either. But not we, anymore but as as we've gotten older tony, like tony brian and i <laughs> when we were on tour together we would watch old 80s pay-per-views and go through the commentary oh, because nice. if, you, if you go back and watch it yeah you know they would they would say things like he's dislocated his patella yeah He's like, oh, he's dislocated his patella tendon. And we were like, what in the fuck? Does that even mean? You can't dislocate a tendon? We're like, we're like, first of all, (laughs) isn't that like his knee? Like we were, so like we would be, so we would always get so confused because they're using these, this, like these smart medical terms to make them, to make it appear like it's a real thing. Like I know exactly what's happening. Hulk Hogan (laughs) just got fake kicked in the leg. I'm going to tell you that his patella is now dislocated. And we're like, <laughs> so we would go through all the matches and we were like, that's a great line. That's a great line. Yeah. That's a great line. Um, so that was, so we would do that on the road and it was, and it was a lot of fun. So we still all, every now and then there's, there's a text of like, check uh, us out. There's, there's a video on YouTube of, we had a, a video guy out with us and the opening scene is, I don't know why he filmed this, but he edited it with the Hulkamania Real American entrance. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it opens with Brian Southall. I'll have to send it to you. It's on YouTube. It opens with... (laughs) We we were playing a radio show, so everyone's got these white T-shirts that say have some radio station on it. So Southall had cut the top of it so he could rip it. Yes. Well, um, the whole thing's being filmed, and he edits the real American audio over it. So it opens with South Hall just screaming and ripping off this shirt, and then, and this it all just happens randomly. And South Hall goes into these wrestling moves on Tony Thaxton, yep. and then I'm coming off the rope, and Tony is like putting me into a figure four. It's so dumb, and it's an hour and a half. But that you, not an hour and a half. I'm sorry, like, it's like ninety seconds. A okay, and a, half. a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah I wish hour and a half. An hour and a half. Would be fucking amazing. amazing. It'd be like, what is this? Is this some sort of um, abstract art? What's yeah. happening here? So that gets texted 
fairly often. Uh, yeah. Like, and now with you know you can screenshot everything. So yeah. now it's like a screenshot of South Hall ripping a shirt off. Yep. Me acting like I had just gotten. You, you know, like in the oh, 80s when dudes yeah. would oversell everything. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's what that's what we were doing. So it's really dumb and stupid, but we all kind of keep in touch with stuff like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I I literally, I don't know where I'm going to put it yet, but I have the VHS copy of Backlash that I went to oh, here in wow. Kansas City at Kemper Arena, uh, where Hulk Hogan beat Triple H for the WWE oh, Championship. That's not when the guy died. That's not when the guy died. Okay. That's much later. Oh, okay. Got it. Owen Hart. Yeah, that's no. not when the guy died. Because... Uh, when I was young, I got super into wrestling and did all that. Yeah, I yeah. I I watched it into into like The Rock and Stone Cold and all that. About that was that, that. Was, those were really so those, those were really good years. I lost it at like seventeen. So yeah. some of the stuff like when yeah when Austin had just been I was like oh there's a dude giving middle fingers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and fucking and then it was like here. at sixteen I was yeah. like oh, okay there's I'm gonna be in bands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do shit like that. yeah. I do well. I I think it was like. 15 was like 15 and then 16 was like all right i'm out i'm yeah. i'm good on this i try to watch it every once in a while now just like if it's randomly on i'll flip it over and be like what's going on let me see people still love this for some reason i, I want to see it but i feel like now it's because it's in hd like you could totally see everybody pulling punches like way yeah. worse and also i feel like back in the day they just fucking hit each other a little it bit a little like it's more... yeah it's a little there's a lot more contact happening i feel like but that could just me being There's, nostalgic for yeah. I think part of it's the that, old but stuff. Also, like when okay, so in two thousand and ten, maybe mm-hmm. met Kevin Nash. So I have this. Like, oh fuck yeah! I have this great photo of, of putting Kevin Nash in a headlock. And That's like, amazing. And like you know, hit or whatever. I remember. I remember watching on TV when Kevin Nash blew out his leg, blew out his knee. He was trying to give give a high kick, a high what the the big boot. Mm-hmm. He's trying to give the big boot to somebody. It was like some sort of tag match on Raw or something. He fucking runs up, tries to get the boot, and as soon as he lifts up his leg, his knee blows out, and he fucking grabs oh, his shit. leg and drops. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. I was like, that's not supposed that's to happen. Not, that's, that's not, not part of it. He was really nice. He was really yeah. cool. I met him twice. Um, just like super nice dude. But I remember him. T- so I said, hey, um, you know, I went through the whole thing. I was like, dude, um, I remember you. You know, we were talking about. And he was really open, just like, cool, let's fucking talk about it. Like, yeah. it's my life, and I loved it. Yeah. But I remember him saying, this is probably 2010 or 2011, he's just like, nobody tells a story anymore. And I was like, that's a really good point, because I think I used to watch it because you guys would all tell stories. And I was a kid. Yeah. And it was stories, but with, like, violence that I knew wasn't real. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, nobody tells stories anymore. He's, and he's like, it's just, like, bullshit writing and... Yep. I was like, oh, okay. The well, stories were cool, man. Like, I remember some of that stuff being, like, actually kind of interesting, and you would get, like, sucked into it. It's basically just hillbilly soap operas, but it's, yeah. uh, I don't know. The writing's really bad now. There's been, like, there was, like, one time I turned it on, and I was like, that was actually pretty cool, was that um, the the hillbilly creepy guys, I can't remember what the hell their name are name names are now, but they, like, had this, like, crew of guys I wish I could remember their names. I feel stupid. Who, the people that listen to wrestling and listen to this are going to be really mad at me. But uh, he would do this sweet. His finisher is like he would he would like be standing in the back, and he has this giant beard and really long hair. And he would stand up against the ropes and bend all the way backwards and fucking like tarantula walk towards you and then fucking grab you and fucking spinning DDT weird. you. Weird. It looked fucking incredibly intense and weird. actually looked real. And I was like... Now that was 
tight because it's like that kind of weird stuff is what kind of what made like wrestling cool like all those really weird characters that were like that would be like the bad guy i always love those guys i think McMahon is, is I, I mean, he's a genius business guy, but I think, like, also why, because I lost it, I was, like, 7 to 10. Yeah. I watched it in the 80s, and then started playing, like, a shit ton of sports and baseball. Yeah. And got into sports, so I didn't really watch a lot of wrestling. And then I think it, like, in 93, 94, I was like, oh, okay, like, what's going on? Is this still a thing? But he started, like, introducing in, like, more sexual, like, with the women oh, and all the yeah. wrestlers. Yep, yep. And and I'm like twelve or thirteen, and I'm like, oh whoa, whoa, I better I better uh, tune in. Yeah, better tune into that. Month. Better tune into this to the pay per view because, you know, I had a friend that would get all of them. Yeah, and I'm like, I better just tune into that because, her you know her shirt might get ripped off. So I'm like, this yeah, stupid yeah, I gotta watch it. Idiot. Yeah, they yeah, 14, it was all yeah, kid, you know, it was all that for a while. Now yeah. female wrestling's huge now. Like it is, they had their in before WrestleMania. I think it was two. Or three pay per views before that, it was an all female card. Yeah, I've read. I've, dude, it's e- wild. ESPN covered the WrestleMania thing. Yeah, and I was watching ESPN, and it was like, was it a women's match that was the main event? Yes. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, so like women's first time at WrestleMania. And I yeah. was like, oh shit, that's the that's what's going on over there. Yeah, cool. like they completely like made it like Sweet. actual like wrestling and not like this girl has really big boobs right. and this girl has really long legs. Let's make them fight. Yeah, let's make them fight. And yeah, no, it's not that oh, anymore. Oh, I accidentally ripped your shirt off. Whoops. But that's what it was in the, like, in the 90s. Yeah, oh, totally. When I was like 13 or 14. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's sweet. But you got to think, too, like back in the day, it was Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And she was, there wasn't really like that. Rest it wasn't sexualized. Yeah, and I know. She gone. I know. Yeah, I just yeah. watched, have you been seeing this behind the, uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Vice? Mm-hmm. Um, so Jason Eisner, who directed Hobo with a Shotgun. I've not seen that either. It, yeah, it's a, it's a, to me, it's the best, like, Grindhouse movie ever made, but it was made probably, like, six years ago. Okay. So it's, like, super grind, just wild gore and ridiculous so it's starring Rutger Hauer. A, yeah. It's not, like, a documentary. No, no, no. Oh, not okay. at all. So he directed... I thought it was, like, Vi- I thought it was like a Vice Yeah, so, no. Thing. So he, he directed Hobo with a Shotgun. Got it. But now he's directing this Vice doc mm-hmm. about wrestling, and it's Dark Side of the Ring. And, like, all these wrestlers are going to be like, this is amazing, because they're doing, like, recreations of stuff, and, like... Um, Oh, interesting. What are those, um, the reenactments? Mm-hmm. So they get guys that, they, I was watching the one about uh, Macho Man before I fell asleep. And it was sort of about him and Miss Elizabeth and like how that relationship got really weird. Like they were actually, you know. Yeah, they were like together. They were right? actually married, yeah. Oh, and, wow. I and mean, I, they were married, they were married before. And then on the show became married. Like were married live mm-hmm. on one of the shows. Why not? for fake but inside you know ring, exactly you know? Yeah, yeah it's great and giving a ring inside a yeah. ring but yeah it was just all about that and like they were talking to hulk hogan's ex-wife and all that. it was really fascinating stuff watch dark side of the ring okay, if you I'll can it super I love, cool i love how people were like surprised of all the like terrible things that went on in pro wrestling dude i'm like st- in, i remember like all these films or like nbc or abc would do these in like the mid to late 90s I mean, I remember being like twelve, and they're like, yeah. "Cool, like I understand what steroids are, and I understand yeah. that these dudes do it, and I know what drugs are, yeah. and this seems like a crazy life." Yeah, and even more so now, like when you hear, um, The Rock give an interview saying how, like, "Yeah, you're on the road, three hundred days a year." I'm like, "Oh, I know a lot of guys 
in the music business like that. Yeah. And, and you're like, it's, alcoholics and yeah, drug and you're not like doing good. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like, yeah. But you're like a live stage performer that specializes in combat. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking crazy. Oh, so you're going to do drugs, but you're also going to like, you need to stay in shape. Yeah. I met Eddie Guerrero a month before he died at the Cracker Barrel uh, by the airport. Oh, wow. I worked there at the time and he came in and I was like, oh my God, that's Eddie Guerrero. Lost my mind for a mm-hmm. second. I'm like, totally did the thing you're not supposed to do when you work at a place right, that's customer that, service. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, oh, uh, Eddie, uh, hi. <laughs> was he nice? Yeah, super nice. Oh, cool. Amazing. Uh, and then, like, I think a month or two later, he was dead. Wow. It's like, God damn. And I don't think. What I what I find really weird is like nobody will talk about the Chris Benoit thing because right. it's like super gruesome and nasty. There was a lot of really bad stuff that happened in that in that time period. Yeah, there's so I'm, I I was not watching it when I knew Chris Benoit from because he had been around for he was WCW the, or, yeah like and, the early nineties. So yeah. like he was wrestling when I you know was like twelve. Yeah, and I was like oh okay I knew the name, and then all that shit happened. And it was national like, news story because it's like this is insane this, this is, is so wild but like i don't want to say like i wasn't shocked because like you should yeah. be shocked yeah when that shit happens it's fucked up yeah but i was also like well what he's probably abusing pills and i'm like dude all sorts of stuff do, do you guys not think that like the chemicals that have been going into this dude's body for 20 years aren't gonna have like some fucked up side effect on right brain, you know and then it's like oh the head injuries and i'm like that could obviously probably had something to do. I'm it had something to do with it. Like, I'm yeah. not saying that it's not, but it's just like a combination of all these things. It's like with anything, it's like I I, I just thought that whole thing was weird because like yeah. I and obviously the WWF or whatever WWE, WWE now because they can't they can't take World, it because World of, Wildlife Federation yeah, because of the fucking animals. <laughs> you gotta save whatever the hell it is. I would have fought that. I would have fought that shit. If they, I were, if I were the mad. WWF was saying that, or the World Wildlife Federation was saying that donations that were supposed to be going to the World Wildlife Fund were going to the World Wrestling Federation, uh-huh. and that to me, yeah, is, that if that was, I'm... if that's actually happening, how dumb are you? Yeah, to be sending it to the to that right? That like, come just... on, man whatever yeah anyway <laughs> i would i would have fought that shit yeah. i'm like you ain't getting it wow well, you ain't getting it um, he's got a mcmahon's got enough money so yeah he's like matter. whatever yeah it's probably it's probably um, better for him it was, anyway. good, it was good for his image yeah. he needed actually probably at the his time, image he was is like, terrible he's like this is great because <laughs> benoit kills his family everyone's dying at like 50 <laughs> Dude, John it. Oliver just did a thing on last week tonight about it. I, I saw a, a, something about that. He was like talking shit. He was like, they need because he still hires all those guys as independent contractors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, oh, um, who was it? I, I'm man. I just saw. I think it might have popped up on like a Joe Rogan podcast. Oh yeah, he my, had like a he had an athlete or a fighter on there or something, and they were touching on that. Um, yeah, and they were like, um, and I thought they. What little I know about it, I thought their points were good, and they were yeah. like, "Unionize, yeah, other totally, or fucking pay for your shit." Yeah, like those are the two options. Yeah. Oh, it was um. Oh, I I'm, I'm terrible with UFC names or what. I'm, so I'm not even gonna try. But he had a UF, UFC guy on. 
It might have been. Was, it might have been Herb Dean because he just did a podcast with the Herb referee. Dean, yeah. yeah. And um, I listen to Rogan a lot where I'm just doing. Like, yeah, he's I'm amazing. Working. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Um, doing shit around the. Apartment, I'm not that whatever. good. I'm trying to yeah. be good, but I'm not going to be that good um, for a long time. I'm also not a comic, so right. I don't and have the shit. off the head. Well, he just so. has like um, Rogan's so good because of his conversations. Yeah, like, he can hold fucking conversations with conversations anyone, with anyone, and it's entertaining. I yeah. can put it on and be like, I don't know who the fuck. The this only is. one I couldn't watch was the Tom DeLonge one because it got so awkward. Because crazy, because he's just obviously just dude, going. So what? Where are you getting this information, a dude? Buddy, <laughs> a, a buddy of mine who I've known for a while, um, good freaking dude. Um, he's a tour manager, production manager. Um, he is like Tom's like close friend and oh. like super close friend. So I get like the, whenever I see him, I'm like, dude, so what? Or I, I, when he did Rogan, I text him. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? He's like, dude, <laughs> I could just hear him like yeah. over text. Oh, he's like, on. dude, it's just, He's like some of this, like he's actually he's doing a terrible job at explaining some of the stuff. But um, all of this, so he went to Tom's Christmas party in December, and I, we we saw each other recently, cross paths on the road last month, and he was telling me like he's like so I go to this Christmas party and it's dudes from the CIA, like the FBI, like from these like divisions. Yeah, and he's like. These are like legit fucking dudes. And I'm like, they're not. He's like, dude, I'm not bullshitting you. Yeah. I'm like, really? He's like, there are dudes. He's like, there were seven or eight guys that work within the government that Tom has been working with. And like, he has like a whole website devoted to yeah, it. Yeah. And I kept using the word deep state. And he was like, yeah, I can't <laughs> use the word deep state. Stop using it. I'm like, well, then who the fuck are these dudes? He's like, well, they work in, I can't even remember the, the divisions, but he's like, it's this division of the CIA. Um, you know, it's this division, and there's this show, Project Blue Book. Have you seen that show? No. Okay, so um, it takes place in like I think the 40s or 50s, after the Roswell in- incident, and the government, and this is all like declassified. Like sound like Alex Jones right now. Uh, do you see Alex Jones on Rogan? By the way, yeah. Was every other man, every other every other uh, comment was declassified. Yeah. Oh so that that's God. like why I thought about it just now. Oh, uh, he's like declassified documents, but there was this project. Project Blue Book was after Roswell happened. They had they assigned these dudes to investigate all the UFO bullshit or whatever. So it's on the History Channel. I just started watching it, so I was like, "Is this like Project Blue Book?" And he knew obviously he was just yeah. like, "Dude, no, it's not Project Blue Book." You know, <laughs> but these are dudes that work within the government that Tom is working with. And I'm like, "Okay, all right." I'm like, "Cool, awesome." Right. He, he's out there. He's just Tom's out there. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting offseason. Yeah. We are switching mm-hmm. from a 3-4 uh, to a 4-3. Love it. Got Spags. Love it. You about Spags? I do. I think he's like any, well, not any defensive coordinator. Most defensive coordinators. Like if he has the right, the right pieces like he did with New York. When they won those two titles. He was doing cool shit with that defense. Yeah. Then he, but he had the right guys to do it. Was that when he – so he coached them when they had Justin Tuck and Strahan on either side? Yeah, I think Strahan – it was – but uh, – End of Strahan. The end of Strahan, and then Pierre Paul came in. That's right, JPP and Justin yeah. Tuck. and so Justin they had, Tuck. Jesus. They I had mean, they had okay. dudes that were 6'6", 6'7", yeah. 275. And that Asignon? got after the quarterback. Yeah. Basically, he had four, he had four defensive ends. 
that he would put in on third down and they those all like those four dudes got after the quarterback and the interesting the thing like going back actually I went back and looked at some of those Giants games and the interesting thing I saw was like and the, the way the NFL is now is like guys throw the ball so fucking quick yeah balls out in a second and a half two seconds you don't really you don't really have the time to get to the quarterback because the Chiefs that were like what top five in sacks last year we were top two two right actually, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, we might have been top in sacks actually yeah because Jones and Ford had a ridiculous amount yeah I mean dude just but it still didn't it didn't matter yeah it didn't it, it didn't matter because they couldn't dude, they couldn't cover anyone no so I I have or stop the run. Yeah. Well, or do anything. They were terrible they defense. Anyway, they're awful. So so I've <laughs> so I've come to this conclusion like you need you you need guys that can get to the quarterback, but you also kind of need you need height. You need guys with long arms because you need dudes to get their hands up. You need Chris Jones and Jones bats down like a decent amount of balls at the line of scrimmage. Like if he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's going to put his hands up. Throwing lane maybe is not as wide open yep. as it was for Tom Brady in the championship game yeah. where he just, the fucking middle, it was just like no pressure. Wide open. And nobody putting their hands up. Um, Naughty or Williams, whoever was in there, nobody put their hands up until the fucking ball was past them. Like it was so frustrating to watch. So watching those giants um, playoff runs, I noticed like dudes like Tuck, um, Especially who was I think I looked him up man I think he was like he was like six six, two sixty five two seventy something like that. Tuck was a beast. Yeah, Tuck was awesome, but he would like immediately would okay I didn't get, I didn't beat my guy in the first move. The quarterback is looking to his left. I need to get my hands up into the passing lane, and I think that little things like that help. I think I I, I think pressure, and batted balls at the line of scrimmage are more important than a sack. Yeah. Personally. Like, which, like, I've come to that conclusion because the quarterbacks are throwing the ball so quickly. Which I found out one of our new additions is top five in the league the past couple of years in it. In batted, Emmanuel Agba. Yeah, in batted balls. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, which we traded for. Yeah, 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 from the Browns. Yeah, Eric Murray. Uh, yeah, so quick rundown of what we, what we did here. Uh, we signed Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. Honey Badger, what's up? Signed Sammy Coates, signed Carlos Hyde, uh, signed Damian Wilson, signed Alex Okafor, signed Richard Breland a year too late, signed <laughs> Jeremiah Tauchu, um, who is like a, yeah, a linebacker, linebacker yeah. slash end type. Uh, Keith Reeser uh, was from the AAF, but he also uh, was on our practice squad, I he believe. Was seventh or sixth or seventh round pick. From yeah, from us. From the nine, well, from the Niners, I think a couple years ago, and then oh. I think they picked him up last year. Yeah, he had, but he was when he was injured twice with the Chiefs. Oh, that was. Yeah, he started that the first Mahomes game in Denver in seventeen. Oh, really? Reaser, yeah, Reaser started that game. He played pretty well. He had a, he had a, like pretty decent grade, but then was hurt hurt himself in the off season. Couldn't get healthy for training camp, and then yeah, wound up in the AAF. Uh. People we lost. We traded D Ford to San Francisco for a 2020 second round pick. Um, I 
have met D before, worked with D before. He actually is an incredible drummer and yeah. keyboardist. And I just like the nicest dude. Yeah, super nice. Really yeah, great. Uh, bummed to see him uh, leave, but you were off sides. So yeah. uh, then we cut Justin Houston. We cut Eric Berry. Uh, Mitch Moore signed with the Bills. Steven Nelson, thank God, signed with the Pittsburgh wow. Steelers. Uh, you can't uh, stop a pass from getting oh there God. if you're never then, looking for the ball. <laughs> and then, like, threw a little bit of shade. Yeah, you threw shade. It's like, day. dude, I'm but like, you're garbage. You're a trash corner. It's just like, you are. You should play in, in the European football God, league in 2004. Him. All right, so something I want to kind of do here, um, before we get into this draft situation, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of uh, players that are still available either via trade, because there's some rumors going around, or in free agency, that I think we're, we may either pick up after. I'm, I'm assuming all this is going to happen after draft. Like, I don't think anybody's getting signed right before the draft. Yeah, I think sh- nothing's happening next week. Yeah, so it'll be after draft um, or during the draft, trade-wise. So a, a trade that I'd like to see, I'd like to see us maybe pick up Gerald McCoy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he no longer fits in their scheme whatsoever, and they don't really have a home for him. Um, and he's a deep tackle, very talented. He was the second pick behind Sue. Or it was like Sue and McCoy were picked in the same draft. It was like a 1A, 1B type yeah. situation. Um, older guy, but were they the same he's draft? a vet. I, McCoy was like, I think they're the same draft. Really? I'm pretty I sure. Uh, Ziggy Ansah is still a free agent. Yeah, that's kind of that's interesting. I mean, I mean he's a he and he's a four three dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And mean, I, yeah, I I just don't think there's enough good tape on him. And the, he's coming off an injury, so people yeah. are waiting on that. So it's like, what's going on there? Uh, Jamie Collins, outside linebacker slash middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's versatile. He's a vet who can be productive at a linebacker position. I would like that. I would like vets that are productive. Um, Zach Brown, middle mm-hmm. linebacker from he played for Washington last year, yep. was like playing at a Pro Bowl level before he got hurt. Um, and for some reason, he's a free agent right now, and no one was picked him up at all. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, mm-hmm. maybe Patrick Patterson was rumored to be on the trade market last year. It'd be fun to team him up and Matthew again. And that up, I would like. Yeah. That's the only one. That's the only move I would make right now. Yeah, of everyone just be like. Give me Patrick. Yeah, because I think he's still. I think he's twenty. I think he's he like twenty-eight turns, or something. Yeah, I think he turns twenty-nine in the season. So he's. he's Most still of these guys. The, I think the oldest guy is Sue. Yeah. Sue and McCoy are both like 31, but, 30. Like, Ansa's twenty-nine. I think like Sue would fit, but he's I. I don't think he's like an Andy Reid dude. The temperament's so not right, there. So that's not going to happen. McCoy is going to get cut. You think and he's just going to get cut? I think he's just going to get cut. So if they could get him for not trade him, it, well, so not they, trade for him, and just well, but have then, him get but, cut but, and but then if pick you him up. If, if you don't want to go through and the, you know, and and go through a bidding war with other teams, yeah, they have two six round picks, so maybe just toss you, him a six. You say like, well, give us a six round pick from McCoy, but I, I I'm would imagine he's making he's making a shit ton of money. He's make show. he's making like. From what I from what I I'm still very not I don't understand the cap situation in the NFL whatsoever. I'm I'm understand it much more in the NBA. Also, there's less as, players. As far that's as... where it. Well, I just don't understand like when they're like that's a reasonable contract. When there's so many players on an NFL team, a reasonable contract to me is like five million a year. 
but they're saying that his, which is like, I think he's in 10 to 13 for the next like couple years, two or three years. They're saying that's a team friendly deal. And I'm like, how is that team friendly? But I, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a capologist for the, uh, um, for the NFL. So, like I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, it's team friendly because like, so the, so the cap basically goes up. I could be wrong on some of these numbers, but. I like that between, you're this nerdy about this stuff too. Yeah, so this yeah, is the, great. Yeah. The cap is like the thing that <laughs> interests me the most. So the cap is going up somewhere between five and 10% every single year. Okay. So <clears throat> in 2014, when McCoy signed that big deal, you, you, the cap has gone up now five years later. Yeah. The cap has probably gone up $25 million, $30 million. So you yeah. have $30 million more million to play with when you signed him to this massive deal, saying like, okay, he's the best interior lineman. And for this, we're going to sign him to this huge fucking deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making like $13, 14000000 million this year. Yep. And, let's, let's, and then it goes down after that. It goes, right. de- it's descending. I remember that. Right. So, which, 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 that makes it team friendly. But if, let, let's say he's a, top but it's also, he also has a roster bonus. So, if he's on a roster, he gets oh, a bonus. Right. So, it, you know, so it depends on when that roster bonus is for him. Um, <clears throat> which, if they paid it this year already, he's, he should stay on the team. Like it makes no sense to right. cut him right now. Also, a, also a note for this: we have like twenty-two million in cap, or twenty-five, yeah. I believe, right yeah. now. So yeah. there's there's a decent amount of room. We have but a lot. We have room. The thing with like guys like McCoy is that if 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 you if you signed a contract to 2015 or or sooner and you got big money, like you became like the dude at that time, you're pretty much on. If you're still playing at a high level, you're on a team friendly contract which was yeah. like somebody like Derek Carr who I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback um he's totally he's totally serviceable and that's I think it's weird yeah. that the Raiders have even flirted with they're in a it's track. weird dude they're terrible the the I, I think his I think he's like 20 or 25 million dollars a year yeah and had a good like dude he threw like 300 plus passes last year without an interception at one point like he's I remember not, that. not a he's not a bad quarterback, um, and I hate saying that about a Raider, but he's real serviceable. And I was really mad that the Chiefs weren't I, able to get him because he was a second round pick. Right. Yeah. Um, I really liked him coming out of. I think he went to Fresno. His brother went to Fresno. Is his brother the David David Carr went to Fresno? Yeah, okay. and Derek went to. Well, where did he go to school? Oh, I don't anyway, know. anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I liked him coming out of college, and they got him in the second round. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like this, and you know, he had a couple of good seasons. But anyway, so he's getting. I mean, what's Joe Flacco getting paid? Oh God! Would you rather have Flacco or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Would you rather have pre-injury Alex Smith or Derek Carr? I would rather pre-injury have, Alex Smith. I would rather have Derek Carr. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I'd rather. But all have Alex Carr. Smith does is win. But he's on. Well, he wasn't winning. He wasn't necessarily crushing it in Washington. Well, right. No, well, no. But that team also isn't very good. Right, and the Raiders have not been very good. But right, uh, Carr had a what twelve and four season. Yeah, yeah. He was. You're. You're right. You're. Yeah, Derek he, Carr is probably a, a better, better quarterback. He's also younger. He's young, and that's part of it. And pre injury, like, yeah, right? Yeah. So he's making as as much money as Alex Smith is. And even when Alex Smith signed that deal, everyone was like. 
That's a lot of money for a 34-year-old dude. But he also just had the best season of his career. Yeah, he did. Two back-to-back, like he just and got better. I don't think people were like scoffing at the money because it's like, oh, well, dudes are making 30 and they're going to make $35 million in the next couple of years, like per year for a quarterback. So yep. if you can get him for 22, 23, you can fuck around with $12 million more million to put it somewhere else and it might work out. Um, but Smith also has to be in the right system. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I, and Carr, Carr as well. Patrick Mahomes needs to be in the right system. Right. And I do want to say, because it's all going to be different now because Patrick Mahomes is amazing. The greatest but, thing ever. Yeah. But when Alex Smith was here and people kept being like, we just need a different quarterback. I'm like, who the hell are you going to get? Right. Who? No, he was who are you going to get? Like, he was, wh- who? He was perfect for yeah. what they needed. I, I loved Alex Smith and yeah. I – was like really hoping for great things for him and i felt really really bad when he got hurt there was i do feel and i, I think maybe i'm a little like distorted on Derek carr because Derek carr is the only quarterback that has come out of since let's see smith got here in 2013 andrew luck was 2012 right i think he was the 2012 draft Smith came here the next year. That sounds that sounds right. Um, they take Eric Fisher. So so I mean, who 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 has come out quarterback wise? Jameis Winston. Yeah. Didn't want him. Nope. Russell. No, no, no. Well, there was the Wilson there was, was twelve, right? I think. Yeah. Well, there's the, there so, was dumb Kansas City fans calling into like six ten and eight ten saying, "Let's let Chase Daniels start." And it's like, fun. no, you, no, you're dumb. Stop. Chase Daniels a fine backup. Period. One of the greatest careers. Ever in football, <laughs> just getting to get paid to just dude, sit. Dude has made thirty plus million dollars, and he started four games. That's how to do it, That's man. Amazing. That's how you no CTE. <laughs> he's um, gonna be gold. No pressure yeah. to win. <laughs> None. And he's made thirty, and and he's going to be um, a really good either analyst or coach. Oh time. yeah, because he's he's been under some great yeah, coaches. Sean Payton. Great uh, quarterbacks. Andy like, Reid, yeah. Frank Wright, um, and now Nagy in Chicago. Oh, that's right. He's in Chicago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so the, the so with, with the whole cap thing, it's like McCoy is cap friendly. I they could trade for him, whatever. Like I I don't think he's worth thirteen million dollars, fourteen million dollars. I don't either. But if you're I giving know. up like a sixth or a seventh round True, pick, but like I, it doesn't but matter. I, but I I think. He, uh, Wait till he gets cut and then pick him up for cheaper. You could do that, but I also like I don't. He doesn't have. I I don't think he has any dead cap, so they could just. I would imagine the roster bonus is not until June. Okay. For him. Yeah. Uh, man, like it, I'm kind of like. I always liked Gerald when he was. I, I liked. It. I thought he was. I thought oh, he was, was cool. a badass. I mean, yeah. he's playing for the Bucks. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. I just Nobody think. I just him. think at this point, all this team needs to do, the Chiefs. Is like if you can and and like also build through the draft, just stack vets that like just want to win, and they're gonna play hard and and be leaders on yeah. the team and teach the younger guys that you're drafting how to play. That's I how. I don't know if like so. My problem with like D tackles is that we also have two great ones. Right? We have well, well we have we one have great one. I want I I want Jones is gonna move all over the right. This is this is like the way. This is what I want is I want. Was it Okafor or o- Okafor? Alex o- Okafor. Yeah, I, he probably needs to come off on third down. Like I don't think he's good enough to rush the rush the passer. So I think it's like it's Jones slipping to the outside, 
I think you could put Hitchens. I'm now now bear with me on this one. But if you go back and watch <laughs> Hitchens tape, Hitchens and watch watch him blitz, he, he barely got a chance to blitz this year. They put him in coverage so often, and that is not that wasn't his strong point. He was our leading tackler too, right? But but he never really had a chance to blitz. Like Sutton didn't let him do that because Sutton's system was like you're the middle linebacker, you're the quarterback of the defense, and Johnson. Like you, so you never saw Derek Johnson really blitzing. And there's a couple times he did. Obviously, the playoff game against Tennessee where he fucking. I would have picked. I would have picked up Johnson again last year. I just think he was done. Well, yeah, I was just just as a like, hey, come sign it, kind of sign, just ride it out and retire as a chief. But, but like, Hitchens kind of got to the quarterback a little bit in Dallas, and they were but they were playing a four three, so it it, right. it allowed him to dip outside on on third downs mm-hmm. and have a little bit more speed on on the outside uh, as compared to. Um, you know, like a like a defensive end that's two hundred and eighty pounds trying to rush the quarterback. Yep. I think that's interesting and I hope that Spags kind of adds that to this the the new system that he's doing is kind of realizing that Hitchens is a little bit more than just some three four Mike linebacker that is kind of terrible in coverage and did not tackle very well last year. It's weird yep. that he had like 135 tackles and probably missed like 25. I think it was awful. But I, we're going to put that on record right now. I think he's going to blitz more this year. Oh, yeah. And I think Hitchens is going to have four and a half sacks. That's sirens on our end, by the way, so don't worry about that if you're if you're driving and listening to this. Mm-hmm. So we have four more players that I have here that are still free agents uh, that – Seem like serviceable players that I would toss very little money at, but be like, hey, come play for us. Come try to win a championship. Morris Claiborne, cornerback, played for the Jets yeah, and then was that. drafted by Dallas. Yep. Uh, he also played with Tyron Matthew at yeah. LSU. Mm-hmm. Trey Boston. I like Trey Boston. I don't know why he is a free agent. But. Well, because people aren't trying to give him multiple years. They're trying to make him do a one year again, and he's like, "I've done that twice. I've done that for two years straight. Yeah. Give, yeah, give give me, me multiple. If it, I say if we don't get a safety in this draft, which we might, if we don't, we might. I think he may be a fallback. Glover Quinn, also, yeah, older guy, but he's a vet who's very talented. He's very here. good. Wasn't he here in? I don't think so. He's been in in the Lions for a long time. Yeah, he has. He was like um, a captain there. I'm thinking of uh, Quentin Dems. You are thinking of Quentin yeah. Dems, yeah. No, no, no. no. Sorry. Yeah, Glover Quinn uh, was very good. He's just a vet. Yeah. I just feel like I like if, – if you're close enough to a championship, I just – I want vets that are there that are going right. to work really hard, know how to play the game, are going to try to get it. Also, this doesn't even fit anymore, and there's no reason to have him on this team except that he's from Kansas City – but I would like to Shane. sign Shane Ray. He has a Kansas City Chiefs tattoo on his arm and played with Denver Broncos. Um, he will not be here next year, but I would yeah. not mind it. One year, right. $5 million. Less than that. Way less than that. Okay, 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I don't see um, him getting like any type of money, but 
Um, yeah, the, he's had a weird career. He has. Well, because he, I, they were like, well, maybe we'll start blitzing him up the middle. But then they have they have Vaughn Miller and uh, Chubb. Vance Joseph is. Joseph was a turd. Yeah, I mean, he was. I still think Shane Ray is probably still a pretty good player. So if you can get him on the cheap, he's from Kansas City. He'll play his ass off for Kansas that, City. Like, I mean, as a rotational guy, as like just blitzing packages. My thing is like get. Get after the quarterback with five people. Yeah, that's it. And they couldn't do it last year. If, if there's a lot of, if you look at a lot of D Ford sacks from last year, it wasn't just four guys blitzing and Ford beating his man or or um, there's there. There's a really I think it's Ford. Dip, Chiefs. Ford does. Ford has an incredible dip. Under he, has, the, he has a great dip, and not to take dude, away from they that, they can't stop it because there, people can't stop it. Five or six sacks were straight up like he beat just his dude, burned him. Beat his dipped game. under the guy, couldn't but handle it. Some of them were also because uh, my thing with Ford is that he has one move. Yeah, and and that's it. It'd be pressure coming from either Jones yeah, I, or I, Houston I, from the other side, and D would be be already back there, just cleaning yeah. Up, so the, I think I don't know if this was Arrowhead Pride or Chiefs Digest. I don't know. I should the the editor at Arrowhead Pride. Um, he and I keep in touch with each other pete sweeney pete's yeah he has a show with hartzell gray now yeah yeah, yeah. um pete's awesome yeah, yeah like super i want to i want to have both of them on because they, they have that they have the podcast now yeah i uh, wish i could like uh, for, uh, uh what's it called call it in the air call it in the air yeah yeah pete is yeah pete's like really really smart football yeah. guy and um I, oh man i'm gonna look this up i'll send it to you um i think it might have been arrowhead pride but um they were just they were kind of like dissecting the sacks where it came from, how often, and there there were four or five sacks of D four that is and Justin Houston where it's like Sutton's blitzing from that side, from the opposite side. Quarterback rolls into Justin Houston, and it's like, and obviously Houston has to be there. He's got to make the play. I'm not taking anything away from him or from D Ford, but like those dudes were the only two people that could, besides Chris Jones, and but Jones is it's just weird like. A lot of sacks were like three or four seconds. Quarterbacks hold, like holding the ball for three or four seconds. Um, and the ones that weren't were the ones where Ford just straight beat his dude. Yeah. You know, but some of those sacks were like, as much as I hate to say it, were like coverage sacks. Yeah. You know. He just eventually got back there. Yeah. But, I mean, like Jones. I, I Houston, I think, beat his man. It was, it was like, okay, so Ford – they had like a window of like beats his man this is a legit sack he does on his own all d4 and it's like five or six and you're like okay like i had a really great year yeah three or four kind of coverage but he's, this is this is not by the way this is not d Ford's first great year he had one not the last year but the year before i believe he had 10 yeah. or 11 sacks but what's a great year I think double-digit sacks is a great, is, is a great year. year. As, as a pass I, rusher? I have 13 as my benchmark. Oh, that's your benchmark? That's my benchmark for a Woo. great year. Yeah. Okay. Like if, you, if you're going to have a great year, you need to have 13 sacks. Okay. That's my. That's your personal benchmark. I think double-digit sacks, you're doing something right. But you're like, doing something. You're doing something yeah. good. Um, but it, it was just interesting where I was, where I was reading that article, and I was like, okay. So – some of it was scheme, like, Bob, okay, Bob Sutton guessed right. Some of it was just that guy beating his guy. Um, and some of it was the secondary doing their job. Like, it might not have been a great – it might not be the scheme. It might just be 
or the quarterback like there's yeah. um they also took into account it was a really cool article they also took into account like who's playing quarterback right so if you're playing yeah you know johnny manziel in cleveland and it's his third start he's gonna make some really great plays but he's also gonna hold the ball really long and you're gonna get three sacks in that game and it's kind of inflated because he's running around yeah for seven seconds trying to make a play and he runs right into justin houston and you're like okay that's not that's not yeah he's running around and like he probably missed a wide open dude anyway so there's like all these factors go into it so that's why when we were talking about earlier the sacks didn't mean shit nothing it mean it meant absolutely nothing obviously because we had the one of the worst defenses in the league and And we we, were top in sacks it always seemed like there was never a sack when you were like this is third down and eight i need you to get after tom brady i need you to get after tom brady go get him go get him nobody would do it no because i mean part of it is belichick is a genius yeah but he knew he knew what we were doing yeah he knew houston and yeah and and they just knew what we was doing i will say this we beat that team there was two or three calls in that game yeah the the, there's a couple catches that are questionable but everything ford isn't isn't two inches off sides or however far he was offsides the game's over yeah he didn't even and his offsides had nothing to do with the play like he didn't get back there to cause trouble like he just it was the play and they threw a pick everything had to go right for the patriots to win yeah this is one of the most frustrating intense games i have ever watched like just being incredibly excited incredibly low incredibly excited i think it was i don't think it was as bad as the colts the colts game where we were up um no the Colts the Colts game where we were up I by like thirty I, and then we lost was, well we were up we were up twenty eight twenty eight yeah when it got to when no one would cover Ty Hilton oh and you're God. like what the fuck when, just when, cover him when the, when the Colts <laughs> scored that first touchdown in the second half yeah I was with DJ watching the game yeah and we both were like this isn't right like this is fucked up like this isn't right and then it just kept happening and we were just like this is not right. Um, the Colts, the is it ninety five? Is it ninety four season and ninety five or ninety five, oh. ninety six? Um, when Elliot, yeah, that was the one that like fucked me up as a sports fan. Yeah, the first. Uh, so I just got this uh, this uh, memorabilia football from my uncle today because he he basically unboxed all of this Chiefs memorabilia uh-huh. he's had for years that's just been in his basement, uh, and he gave it to me. I grabbed the 94 chiefs one the That's first awesome. name i read off of it was lynn elliott and i was like god damn it Fuck. <laughs> why i think he sells insurance now i looked him up a couple of years ago i think he's an insurance salesman or something he would yeah he would be a fucking asshole. um <laughs> but yeah i i mean the, everyone trey boston's the only dude i want on that list trey boston yeah i think i think veach's done a good job and bringing in like a different vibe on defense because yep. that's what they needed like i like hitchens in a four three i didn't like him in a three four didn't like the signing I'm like we played three four like what the fuck are they doing yeah um but i like it now i'm like okay cool yeah i didn't like the speaks draft pick but i like it now um because he's gonna put his hand in the dirt i also think he needs to lose a little weight i, I mean maybe He's, he just I mean, seemed. He just seemed he, like for, for an outside for an outside linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all right. So, but he does need to just tight. Uh, just, just tighter. Tight uh, we don't want to say lose weight. I don't want to say just lose tighter. weight. Just tighter. Just uh, tighten. Tight. tight. <laughs> okay. 
so let's get into let's get into the draft here because this is the big meaty portion of the right. uh, of the podcast. And uh, we do apologize if you were listening to this to listen to us talk about music and stuff, which we did already. But uh, now we're going to get really nerdy. These are these are five players we are not going to get, but I really like. Quinnen Williams. It's fucking amazing. Not <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're not going to trade with the Jets to get all the way up to three. If for some this this might actually be possible now from what I'm from some of the stuff I've been reading, but Montez Sweat, if for some reason he yeah. falls because of his heart condition, yeah, I've read that. He's fucking amazing. We're I not gonna. I don't think he will. I don't think he will either. Long, I think it's a long shot. This guy definitely not falling. Josh Allen, he's no, like, not a chance, he's amazing. Dude. The fact that he is an incredible pass rusher and is really great in coverage. Mm-hmm. When does that ever happen for an outside guy? Like it just he's. And also, we don't need an outside linebacker that can blitz. Right. But that's – I just love Josh Allen. Uh, I also like Christian Wilkins mm-hmm. from Clemson. We're definitely not going to get him. And Jonah Williams from Alabama. He's a tackle slash guard slash whatever. About, I don't know much about him. He can do whatever you want him to do as an offensive lineman. He's kind of a swing. He's a swing. He can, he can do anything. And people are like, why would you not – if you're looking at offensive linemen, why would you not take him? But I like John, him. Yeah, I like Allen. Allen's Allen's not, and Quinton Williams is. I mean, Williams is physically the most, probably the most gifted. Yeah. Dude that I've seen in here, I like Lash- uh, Sean Gary from Michigan. You like Rashad? He's falling, oh, dude. He's falling. That, That's that is the dude. I mean, I I saw. Let's see the second. and like all the draft boards, he's been falling. He, is, he has been falling because he people people five. yeah because maybe he interviewed bad at some uh, of the stuff. But there's there's well, it's the old like. Like, what's his motor? Yeah. Does he care about football? But he's huge. He's fucking dude. That dude in a 4-3 is... And he's coming from a school with a pro coach. Yep. That I think the transition is going to be less difficult for him because he's coming from Harbaugh. Um, Khaki slacks Harbaugh. Khaki, yeah. Walmart fucking buying... Khaki Harbaugh. Khaki Harbaugh. <laughs> Um, he's fucking he, screaming at everybody, <laughs> playing for the fucking Colts and Steelers. I, I have the same vibe on Gary that I had on um, Justin Houston, which I, was really? saying, which I was saying earlier in that draft. We're talking about our buddy DJ. I was yeah. like, dude, fucking Justin Houston's the dude. He drops because of the weed. I'm like, if they don't get him in the second round, they're fucking nuts. And the fact that they got him in the third t- in the third round, I was like, oh my god, like this is. Like perfect, so I had that same vibe on on him. On Rashawn Gary, yeah, like I. But it, it seems dude, like it's he, he seems like he's gonna 10. go. He's going top ten. Like they're they're saying that he's dropping. I mean, he's dropping from early pre-draft boards where he was a top three pick. It was like it was Williams or but it was Bosa Williams Gary, and yeah. now the Kyler Murray thing has come in, and now it's like. So he's part of like why he's dropping. While we're, while we're recording this, actually earlier, I just I got a Bleacher Report thing that says that Arizona is likely to pass on Kyler Murray, and I haven't I didn't read it. I thought they were going to pass the entire time. This, it's there's so, so there's weird shit happening. I've never Kyler Murray. I've never been more dumbfounded. I guess last year was the most dumbfounded I've ever been by a top pick because I didn't see Baker Mayfield being the top pick. I saw Mayfield. I took when with Dorsey it made sense. Yeah. Like when 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 that happened, I didn't think that that was. I was like, what? Because everything I had seen, that he was going 
you know, a little bit later. Yeah, but I'm watching him. It was kind of the same. I mean, he's obviously no Mahomes, but it was the same vibe because I watch a lot of Big 12 football. And I was like, this dude's really good. And he had that game against Mahomes where Mahomes had, you know, 800 and some total yards. Um, so I'm like, dude can play football. Um, I was slightly shocked that they took him, but I wasn't like that surprised. I'm like, yeah. that's probably a good that's probably a good choice. That's the safest but the safest quarterback I think to take was Mayfield, personally, I thought. I think it's it's, it's gonna be an interesting shakeup if because uh, everybody's been projecting that they take Murray number one. Which I if don't they understand. take if they take oh, Bosa yeah. it's uh I get it's gonna go it's gonna be chaos. It, everything's gonna get very yeah, weird because be awesome. people are gonna be trying to trade up as quickly Please as possible. Take Bosa. I want just utter chaos. Yeah. But see, they don't have a need for Bosa right now because they have Chandler Jones and they just signed Terrell Suggs. Yeah, so but, that doesn't well, make sense Suggs to is, me. But but Suggs is right not playing but one more year. Or they could take Quinnen. Dude, I think Bosa's the dude. I think I think he's I think he could play a four three. I think he could play he's, a three. I think he could play a three yeah. four. I think he's he's pretty stout against the run. Um, and if you're just judging him off his brother, I think Joey Bosa is a gonna be a fucking beast for six or seven more years yeah and i'm mad that tamba is showing him what to do exactly. after the game is like, like god damn it doing? they're in the same division like, I mean, it's a cool moment to be like to be doing that but it's also like i'm also like screaming at the tv like no nah. like what happened when like these dudes like wanted to kill each other outside of the stadium yeah like bring me back to those days yeah like, when lyle you... alzado was on the raiders yes. and everybody's mad at him like, the entire time stop trading jerseys yeah i would be the worst athlete <laughs> because I would just I would you would never like behind closed doors I'd probably be cool with people yeah but I don't care how good of a friend like in front of the camera I'm just I fucking hate you do you have do you have guys that we we don't have a shot at but you really like besides, besides Gary besides Gary well I mean Williams would be awesome Bosa um, yeah Bosa those guys aren't coming because I think Bosa can't play the 4-3 um, I don't think we, I. I know you said you think we do. I don't think we have a shot at Greedy Williams. I think he goes. 50, top really, 15. you think Greedy think goes? Top fifteen. I have like I have not heard any buzz about him. Like on all I've been. This is the most I've ever been interested in a draft, an NFL draft. Like I'm I'm a draft nut for like yeah. NBA drafts and stuff like that because it's there's NBA draft there's sixteen chaos. guys there's sixteen guys on a team so. Like adding one really good player we completely trade, changes uh, everything. The, the 2020, 21, 22, and 23 second round picks for yeah. this year's first round pick, and we're also giving you four bench players. Yeah, and it's like, like that's the best. It's just madness. Like, so it completely changes the way a team operates. But for this year, for the NFL draft, it's really amped up. Uh, like, there's just been madness for all free agency and everything, and yeah. I've been all about it. So I've been watching a ton, pretty much. I've been watching like fucking pro football focus. Yeah. I've been watching fucking pro football talk. I've been watching everything. If it's about the draft, I've been watching it. Well, so I've been watching a ton of different people saying what, where we're going to be drafting and all these other things. So I've been watching. I've been, I've been getting deeper into the draft than I usually get. I usually get to like second round and then give up around third. Right. And I'm like, I'm mad. I, but, well, so I, I don't do as much digging in. If I keep hearing the, a name a lot, I'm like, Maybe I should 
investigate that guy. Yeah, well, with, with Williams, I think uh, – so I think this happens, like, with, with at least one Because he was the top-rated corner for a yeah. while, but – But he, there's Trayvon Mullen that has has come out and – I think Mullen's not going to be until the second round. Really? Oh, yeah. There's it, – it's – I like I like Mullen, though. I like Mullen. I would like Mullen. Um, there's this kid um, – look at this one. I was talking about earlier chauncey gardner johnson that's the florida guy right yeah like i think he's like a fourth or fifth round well i don't think he's a fifth round no they're saying they're a third or fourth round pick i don't he's think been getting, he he's been getting that. up higher yeah but all that's like and some I, mocks and stuff so here's my thing with that is that there's always a guy early on that you're just like and this is greedy where it's like physically just like he's fucking perfect williams is what six one Runs like a four three or a four four like, and and the the knock is like well he doesn't want to tackle, he's he's not physical it's like okay well, neither was Marcus Peters and the Chiefs took him at eight, what eighteen or seventeen yeah. or whatever, um, so I I think someone's gonna need a corner, everyone needs corners. It sounds I think it's gonna be a run, like um, once people start seeing him go. I, I, I just think he's the first dude that goes. You think he is? Yeah, I think he is because there's... I'm also hearing that Brian, Brian Murphy from Washington. Murphy is really... I, yeah, I know people really like him. Um, but see... He, it, but so, so but there is going to be a run. If he yeah. goes, then I think Williams goes second. And, yeah. Um, and there's DeAndre Baker from Georgia yeah. that people like, but he's also a guy that I think are questioning. Yeah, I think Baker is like a 5'10". This Temple guy who has the best name in the draft for sure. Rock Yassin. Yeah, that's he's he's a guy. That are, I, he's a guy that I really like. For yeah, the, for the Chiefs. Second, I I think he can be there in the second round. You think so? I, I don't think, think he's gonna make it. I I'm, I think Murphy and Williams go in the first, and no, and there's there's two corners that go in the first round. I think it's Williams Murphy and, and Williams. I think it's Murphy and Williams. So, um, and and I don't think the Chiefs take a corner in the first round i, I don't either because i think there's other needs elsewhere and then you can get corners there's i have corners listed in the second and third round stuff Dude, i think they might take aj brown wide receiver Dude, i have him written down right here I think they might I, I think back to back thousand yard seasons yep. i think that's a possibility and i don't think he's an early i don't think he's an early first round pick so i have i have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen players that I'm like, if we take them at the position that we're at right now, I'd be stoked. There's also a player here that I realize I wrote down that isn't going to get to us. His name is Devin Bush, mm-hmm. linebacker from Michigan. He's yeah, not going to follow really us. Yeah, he's amazing, but he's not going to follow us. I'm going to take that out. I'm, I'm the one guy that I think they I'm okay with them trading up for, and it's the uh, is it Devin White. Devin White's amazing. That's the one guy where I'm like, if you. If you're in love if, with him. If if he's there, I I but I think he's gonna go. He's gonna go top. He's 10. gonna go top ten. Because but he won't get past other teams that need that position. If he so, Tampa Bay needs it. it. Yeah, and, and they pick like six or seven, right? I think. Yeah. Something. Like, or so, fifth, fifth. They're oh, right fifth? after, right after the Raiders. Christ. They're right after the Raiders. But so, um, if he's there at ten, and you can swap twenty, what are, what are the Chiefs twenty nine? 29, 61, and 63 second rounds. If you can swap 29 and 10 and then give them a second round pick to get Devin White, I'm all I for think it. you'd probably have to give them more because you're, you're jumping up into the top five. 
Well, I'm saying I'm saying if he if he goes past the box. Oh yeah. And he's he goes there past. at like it's seven or eight, it's nine, and you say, Okay, let's make him let's a, fucking go. I don't I don't I'm I i do not know about giving up a two Would you give up the second round that you got for D Ford for him? Like the first the first and the second that you just got for D Ford for next year's draft? You give up the first and the second so in you, next year? No, you no, you get you give up you, the you, first that you the first you, you, you swap this year. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. And then the second that you picked up from the Niners. Absolutely. For D Ford. Absolutely. Hmm. Without like without question. Because then you, I love him too, so I get But I totally what you that. can do there is is you can put him whether he's gonna be um middle linebacker or you're gonna put him on, on either wing. Kuiper thinks he's like Ray Lewis. Like yeah, he's like no, that he's a fucking, fucking yeah. But so it's <laughs> but so if he wants to play middle, great. Yeah. Now Hitchens can play the outside, which Hitchens can play the outside in a four three. He can't play an outside in a three four. So if you have White and Hitchens, I think that's a badass combo because I still think Hitchens has potential, and I and I I love him in a four three a lot more than a three four. So if they can get White, man, I might even say like, here, take pick twenty nine to the Bucks, take. A second round this year and fucking take a second round next year. Like I think White's that good. I think Gary is good. Um I don't know where he would play right now. And I you took Speaks last year, you took Passano the year before. I don't know about investing two number ones. Well I guess Speak was a was a second. But it basically investing two of your first picks the last three years in the defensive line. Yeah, that's a lot. Is, is is quite a bit. So I would rather have White because you're going to have Jones and Speaks here for, you know, the fore- foreseeable future. So I don't know what they're going to do. I I would love White or Gary. Those are, those are like my two dudes. I have – so I have a bunch of players here that I believe will be available at – Pick twenty nine, Noah Font, tight mm-hmm. end from Iowa, Bradbury. Uh, he is I can't remember his first name, but he is a center from NC State, yeah. which we no longer have a center. Yeah. Uh, but um, he's he's he is literally ran the fastest cones ever by an offensive lineman, and just like they're saying, if he's your center and pulling out to the outside, he's Jason Kelsey on steroids. But no, but but you don't have to I take him in the yeah. first. You could get him in the second. Possibly, if you can get him in the second. I'm fine with that, but not. Not in the first. But they say he's just – there's not ever been a center that can move that quickly. I'm like, that's interesting to me. And we don't have one right now. Right. Darnell Savage of Maryland, he's a safety. Possibly think, could be second round. I think they do have a center, and we can go back to that. Okay. Uh, Cameron Irving? Huh? Is uh, it Cameron Irving? He's he's an option. He, okay. Well, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, Juan Thornhill, safety out of Virginia. Hearing really good things about him. Uh, Byron Murphy we talked about. Greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. Nasir Adderley, also a safety. He's from a small school. I can't remember which school he's from, but he's a, like a ball-hawking safety. Mm-hmm. So if you have two ball-hawking safeties with with uh, like Adderley and Matthew, that is interesting to me. I like Rockison. I like DeAndre Baker. I like DeAndre Baker. He's just a good football player. I, Even though people I, are like, he's not fast. It's like, I does he play good football? He's like that like the tweener guy where it's yeah. like, He's not good enough. Good enough to take him in the first round. 
they do have i do like that they they, they have the two second round picks yep. so maybe that they can get him there like if they had one second round pick it'd be like what do you I'd, think about us trading back and picking up either another uh, it would be we trade back into the second round so we get another second round pick and then you are most likely getting a, maybe a maybe a third if somebody's going up to get somebody I'm okay with that There's... then you have then you have three second rounds and two thirds because we only have one third and then you're adding then I, you're adding I, a lot I don't right? hate it because I think the the gap between the best safeties and cornerbacks at that, at that so, position, so you take 29 you, yeah well you take Murphy and Williams who I think are the best two yeah um the next 10 after that I think can go anywhere between the second and the fourth round and you're and and that's like 10 guys like just like like everything that I've looked at in like mock drafts or like watched videos on these dudes they all they all kind of run similar 40s or in the four fours to the four five like they're, they're fastest very, very... 40 times ever in a uh combine is just the entire like fastest average ever like I think sweat ran the fastest ever by a d mm-hmm. end like just crazy numbers like everybody's very fast this year yeah, so like... the ones that aren't fast people have been knocking them and it's right. like it's it's okay like it's if do they play good football yeah but. i i i don't mind a corner if he's if, if that runs like a four a four five four like i, I don't I think that's, that's why I'm, baker's getting knocked a lot yeah it's like and i think baker's like five ten. yeah and not that that's a huge deal but there's the the whole bullshit right now is like i need you to run a four three and i need you to be six foot tall yeah it's like well that's not it's not really real that's not but but that's part of the reason why I think Greedy, who I think is like six one, yeah, and run ran like a four three something, yeah, um, yeah he there is a lot to be desired about his tackling. Skills I like Greedy, and, yeah. But I think people are gonna say like this dude is six feet tall. He runs a four three. We can fix these other things, and I think and that's why another reason why I think he goes early. But but that gap between okay corners three through ten. I don't think it's that big. Yeah. Another a player I had here until I just recently learned that he had uh, some serious um, uh, domestic violence situations happen. It was Jeffrey Simmons, a D lineman out of Mississippi State. He was the middle line uh, or defensive tackle. He was like completely dominant towards ACL last year, so he did not mm-hmm. play. But the year before, he was completely dominant. Yeah. But he's, they're saying he could fall pretty far. But he also has some I, – I haven't really investigated what that was about or if he was cleared of those or what, but um, I kind of took him off my list for that. But then Jonathan Abram, yeah. safety from Mississippi like State, yep. and yeah. then A.J. Brown from Ole Miss. Those are my first-round guys, and I'm like, I'm totally fine with that. If, if we draft pretty much any of those guys, yeah. I'll be okay. I, I have Abram as, like, number one. Like, if he's there at 29. Take him. I, yeah, I think I would take him. Well, I mean, unless Greedy is there, which I'm... I take Greedy. Yeah, you take Greedy or Murphy. But um, those those are the two guys. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards... Like, if A.J. Brown is there, I'm just, I, I don't know what's happening with Tyreek Hill. He's so good. He's, like, A.J. Brown's really, really good. good. I haven't seen him projected... Man, I feel like the highest was like 17... But they're they're projecting a lot of wide receivers to go, but it's like you can't they can't all go in the first round, right? right? And I don't know. I just I see a lot of people these 
people falling. I think it's going to be interesting what people got to fall, yeah, right? No, so well, I there's a couple of teams. So here here are the teams that I'm interested in, like what happens because I think I I, I think it can, it can affect a lot. Is like the Giants being one. Yep. The Giants need fucking help everywhere. Yeah. Besides running back, but if they take a wide receiver, okay, well that's one less that's going to. That could go I think to they would. Else I think they'd either take a defensive end or Dwayne Haskins. Uh, well, if they, but that's. I I hope they take a quarterback because then it's gonna now Drew Lock and Daniel players, Jones yeah. get get bumped up and people that could have taken like well we could hold off on a quarterback but they don't and they said we need a wide receiver. Yeah. Now now either AJ Brown or someone else goes and now like that chant the chances of you getting someone like Brown is is less likely. So yep. I I I want the Giants to take. Haskins, um, Haskins, Haskins. Um, He's also he, from the area. It just makes a lot of sense. Yep. And then now it's like Drew Locke has got to get chosen. Daniel Jones has got to get chosen. Um, there's all the rumors with the Chargers wanting to get Jones. The Pats, which wanting is kind of weird. Uh, like, well, he's the Chargers just fucking signed Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but to be their backup. But, but Jones can't come. I, I, I liked the tape. Because I'm interested in Drew Locke because I'm an MU fan. So, like, Sorry about yeah. the wall behind you. Oh, it's fine. I don't care okay. about it. <laughs> I took a semester at UMKC. Oh, okay. And so I have no allegiance uh, allegiance to anyone. Yeah. Just I live in Missouri. I've always lived in Missouri. Gotcha. So I'm like, I guess I'll root for the Tigers. Yeah. Um, but so I'm interested in Drew Locke. So I'm like, okay, well, let me watch some tape on Daniel Jones. And it's like really raw. And it's like everyone that he's projected to go to really is like, okay, you need to sit for one or two years. So um, that could make the Chargers jump up. Maybe the Pat. Like, I, don't, I don't. That's not the Pat style to move up and take someone. But um, yeah, so if the Giants take a quarterback, I think it's like more likely that we see a guy that we want. Because that, that's when that's when it like really starts for me. I'm like, okay, the Giants don't take a quarterback, then that's when it starts to get real fucking weird. Because yep. now everyone is gonna like, okay, so they took the guy that, like, if the Giants moved up and got Devin White like ahead of the Bucks, then like, yeah, then everything chaos yeah starts like, stuff starts getting weird. Yeah, stuff we can't we can't anticipate these trades, but we know True. there's gonna be somebody's trading up. There's gonna be some there's weird shit trades. that happens. Yeah, there's gonna be weird shit happens, and and but but that's why I, I it's weird to kind of say like well the where I think it gets odd is with the Giants. If the Giants stay at six, they kind of start like this domino effect. I think yeah at that point with who they with who they choose so. Because some people are saying they're passing on the quarterback at that point because and it, going and going defense because they need they just need everything. Well, it's so. like, and there's well, so many good true, players. There's they, so many good players there. They have Sterling Shepard, who right. is like a okay number two guy. Yeah, and well, they else? just paid him. Yeah, but I mean, but, and they have Golden Tate. But on every other team, like Shepard is like okay, you're fine number two. Yeah, but they paid him like he's gonna be right. But it's number like one. they need wide receiver help. Yeah, that's true. So another player that could go first round, and I'd be fine with us taking him there, is Trayvon Mullen. Mm-hmm. But I think he's probably more of a second round guy. Yeah, but Veach's style, man. At that point, I I feel like Veach is like kind of like a wild card. Like Dorsey was always like best player available. I'm going to take the best player available and just fucking pick whoever is the best player available at that point. Like, okay, that's not 
Passano in the next second round. Yeah. He was the best player available. Like, we did not need him whatsoever. He doesn't actually play the position that you're going to put him at. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> Veach Moore was, is like, I think he's still kind of best player available, but I think he's also like, how about we just go with a best player available kind of in the area that we need this guy and he needs to be able i i think that they knew that they were going to switch defenses yeah and he and he drafted a lot of guys last year where we're like why are you drafting these dudes and halfway through the season when i saw the defense was terrible i was like there's no way that they play first of all sutton has to get fired and there's no way i was really worried if like i felt like if we got to the super bowl he wasn't gonna the, get fired the the pats game the, I, which was a Sunday night game. That's I remember texting some friends and being like, "This this is it. Like I don't know what's going to happen, but unless they win, the, the only way that he comes back is if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's it. It's the only way that he can come back. So I I, I think that there's a chance that if Veach likes somebody, like that he's going to take them that late in the first round, and it could be could be a quarterback. I think he goes secondary though. That's my who else do I have here? This is like second, third round mix. So I'm, I'm starting to get into some guys that people may not have heard of or uh, don't know about. Justin Lane of Michigan State. He's a mm-hmm. corner. Big, he's a big corner. Yeah, he's a big dude. Isaiah Johnson, Houston, also a corner. David Long, Michigan, also a corner. Obviously, I think we need some cornerback help. Uh, Hakeem Butler could fall all the way there into second round territory, and he's that. He's he the – uh, wide receiver from Iowa State, mm-hmm. really big target. I keep so on this. I, I heard this name, Miles Boykin. He's a wide receiver from Notre Dame. Could be second or even third round, mm-hmm. and he was like torching these corners that are projected very high. And I'm like, well, if he's torching them, like pick him up late and let's see what that's about. As a something, my uncle brought to my attention today is that we need a tight end. And I was like, we have Travis Kelsey. We don't need a tight end. And I was like, oh shit, no, Travis Kelsey is our only tight end. Like the other guys I've never heard of. Who's the guy? They something Bell, Blake Bell, or something like that. Yeah, he's like a two second or third year guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We signed him, but he's yeah. but he's he's, he's whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I think a tight end gets drafted. I don't think a tight end gets drafted before the third round. Kyle Waring from San Diego State could be a good fit. Mm-hmm. That's third, maybe fourth. I, I'm not exactly sure where what tight end projections are right now because I no idea I, I i think what yeah like i told you earlier i was like man that was something that i hadn't like you I hadn't neither thought of but i also and like i'm not that worried about it because yeah if harris if harris Kelsey gets hurt though true he's our biggest target but and we need somebody to well, help that position i think demetrius harris was a terrible i hate demetrius harris terrible football player awful hands. flag on the field who's it on oh Maybe shit it's demetrius harris um, he was not a very good blocker. Yeah, he was he, not a very good blocker. Obviously, we know he's the big dude. He's he just he a big dude. But so, so we went through that the last few years. What yeah. if, what if Travis Kelsey got hurt? Well, Demetrius Harris is, yeah, our number one. So, so is Bell worse than Harris? I don't think so. Let's just call him equal. Yeah, let's find out. Yeah. So, so we're in the same spot that we've been in with the tight end. That's so, true. which is also like why I haven't really paid attention. Yeah, and. And there's one name, sorry, you can finish with the tight ends, but there's one name before I forget it. No, go ahead. Andy Isabella. Oh, who, yeah. Who plays at UMass. Yeah. Is a 5'8", 5'9", dude. Runs a 4'3", I think is as early as third round for them and maybe like fourth round. If he's there, I think I think 
that's a dude that the Chiefs might might pick. He's really really interesting. He's really I've heard quick. that name a lot. Yeah, he's really quick. Um, I, I'm he is one of my he's he's like one of the guys post second round like third third round and on that I'm like will follow because there's always like a guy. Russell Wilson was that guy yeah. when he played at Wisconsin. Um, I thought that he was like I thought he was great and like when he didn't get it drafted until I think the fourth I think he was a fourth rounder or whenever it was but when he got drafted I was like this is a dude that I'm going to watch because I think he's going to be really great Isabella was like that same dude I think he's going to be really good Cahill uh, Ka- Ka- Waring is the only tight end I really had besides Font which mm-hmm. I already said um, there's another guy that I've heard a little bit about this guy from West Virginia but he'd be a really late round pick and he is just a we need you to go out there and block and yeah. fucking be a from what I understand, he's just a great football player, understands what he needs to do out there. He's not a great pass catcher, mm-hmm. but he will just go out there and do exactly what you need him to do as a tight end. But I, it, I can't remember his yeah, name Yeah, I saw that Ben Watson was talking about coming out of retirement. I mean, oh, that'd be yeah, interesting. Which could be, I mean, he'd probably go back to New England. Um, yeah. but Well, they signed Safarian Jenkins. True, but... They're probably going to... Yeah, they, they need another. They love two tight ends. Yeah, they, remember they they had Bennett and Gronk, and I don't know who they had last year to match up with Gronk. But so here's my two favorite lower, well, like way way lower, in the draft guys. Uh, Bryce Love, Stanford running back. Uh, yeah, I've heard that name. Messed up his knee, but there there's been some stuff recently. That said, knee stiffness, but I think that may be like some smokescreen stuff because right. th- th- at this time of year, it's all that saying, oh, teams are worried about his knee stiffness, and then other teams back off, and the right. other team goes, now we got him. Right. Uh, but a guy that's probably going to fall way past that, this guy named Darwin Thompson. He's a running back mm-hmm. from Utah State. Yep. He is like the fastest running back in the draft class and literally just like hits a hole and is gone because yeah, he's so fast. Yeah, I saw, I watched. And there's, it's funny like when you watch dudes from from schools like that, like yeah. Utah State. Yeah. I watched like clips from him because really like what I do like in a position like that where I'm like, okay, they're gonna let's get a running back, but not. We don't need him. Fourth round, yeah. fifth, sixth round. Um, I'll, I just go find the combines and I'm like sort by speed. Yeah. And, it's like, right. And, yeah. and you know he pops up. Um, and then just go and watch tape. But you're watching tape from like. It looks like you're watching high school football. Yeah, it's and awful like, tape. Oh, yeah, Utah it's like, State? Jesus, like, yeah. Um, he would be cool. I mean, the same thing with Isabella. I mean, he played at UMass, so, yeah. but he's a 4-3 guy. Yep. And then, like, when I went and watched tape on, on him on YouTube, it was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, you're not only fast, but, like, everything is, like, crisp, and you're a little dude, so you're just, like, dipping under dudes. We do like, like little dudes. We do like little guys that don't be children. <laughs> Those little but, fellas. Um, yeah, and and I, and I, who knows what's gonna happen with 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 Tyree Kill? Um, Unfortunately, yeah, it sucks. Um, so I so I think that they're gonna have to address that at some point. Do you have any other draft guys that you want to throw uh, out there? Take a take a look at those notes. Yeah, um, that you like, th- that you're you're big on, or think that we have a shot at in later rounds, or. I mean, I I I really do like Chauncey. Gardner Johnson. Yep. Um, but I, I've heard that name a lot attached to us too. Um, and I think he's a, and he's 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 like a six foot, six foot and a half, runs mm-hmm. like a four four. 
Um, and he's a, he's a safety corner hybrid. He can yeah. kind of play either position. He's like Eric Murray, but good, but better. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean Bunning, I think is, is, is pretty good. Um, he's, he's a DB. They, they have him listed as a corner, but he's kind of the same thing. Same shifting. Um, and the interesting, interesting thing about those dudes, I think is that they're, they are a little bit bigger. They run in the four fours and they they can probably play safety. So mm-hmm. I think if they take some guys like that in the later rounds, which I'm totally fine with. Um, Gives you versatility. Yeah, like it's because they did that with DJ White. They did that with Eric Murray, which they failed. But they were corners in college that they were like that they tried to make safeties. And that just unfortunately didn't work out. I think but, Eric Murray worked out because we got Emmanuel Ogba out true. of it. True. That's really interesting. But that was like John Dorsey – I don't think that Eric Murray like, has. They just need depth at that position. But, and then you got Dorsey saying after the trades, just like we think he's a slot corner and that can play safety, and we think he's uh, three down. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like it's just not like Bob Sutton didn't just. That must hide. have been that must have been his guy whenever he was. And well, there. that's that's what it was. You know what I mean? Um, there's another dude, um, Darnell Savage. Did you bring up I Savage? I did bring, bring up Darnell Savage. I put him – he could go in the first round, but he could be I a second-round guy. Yeah, I think Savage might – And think, Juan Thornhill as well could be a second-round guy um, as well. Amani Hooker from Iowa. I think Hooker and Savage could drop. I don't know if they're necessarily – because I don't see – I think I, I think Abram goes – is the first safe that's like I got real excited when you said his name. I'm like, fuck, if he's there at 29, that'd be awesome. I don't yeah. think he's there. Um, I think I put this in order Abram Rap. Rap, Rap is coo- cool. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of research um, on him, but he's I he's feel a good like I, I feel like when I wrote this down that I put this in order with like with with Abram Rap, Thornhill, Savage, Hooker. Now, I don't know if five safeties are getting drafted in the first 60 four picks but look at how much the value of safeties has gone up like all of them just got paid true but who like who's desperately in need of a safety at this point i'm sure there's somebody i'd have to look at a roster yeah good enough to say like that five are gonna go within the first 60 right yeah so i would be really surprised if that's if that happens because but it could be just the value like i've heard i've heard people say that the colts are gonna take them take a safety and i'm like they have gathers and another guy named hooker and they're both good serviceable corners or safeties and one of them they just Mm resigned so i'm like wait wait wait, i'm confused on why you would take that but i don't i don't know maybe it's just the value of the player you're just like let's take him anyway and because i've I've noticed some people are now and we did this a little bit where we were playing multiple safeties we're not just playing just two safeties we are rotating one out and bringing another guy Mm -hmm. in I don't know if that's if if more people are leaning towards that, but I don't know. I just I, don't. It, yeah, a run on safeties would be weird. I, I would be shocked if yeah. if, if five went in the first sixty four. Um, but having a safety that is great is like is is awesome. Yeah, we have one now. We but, have, we have a really good one. I don't like. I don't think they go into the season with Matthew and Sorensen. Like that's not gonna happen. I hate Sorensen. Oh, yeah, like I'm over it. Although he he made. He played well in the Patriots game. Yes, but <laughs> I'm. But it's all. But, but that doesn't make up for an entire season um, of like not doing anything. The fourth round, 
I think if he's there in the fourth round, Anthony Nelson, defensive end from Iowa, I think is. I've not even heard that yeah, name. Yeah. Um, I think Iowa has I, a I lot think of guys. Iowa. You might have to look it up. But um, he's a yeah defensive end. I think he had like nine or ten sacks last year. Mm. Uh, oh, I think I know who you're talking about now. Uh-huh. And um, I, he's on every draft board. For some reason, like Iowa football, which is Big Ten, is like always on like Fox Sports or something. There's always yeah. like you would think it'd be. I, I just I feel like I see more Iowa football than I do Iowa State. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw a couple of his games, and then when I saw his name pop up, I'm like, oh, okay, he played them. I watched a couple of Iowa Hawkeyes games. Or Iowa – are they Hawkeyes? Yeah, yeah Iowa Hawkeyes. Cyclones yeah. are the yeah. Iowa State. But, um, and that – another player we don't have any shot at getting, I don't think, is that uh, Montgomery running back from oh, Iowa State. Yeah. He's fucking amazing. He's, he's – Holy he's shit. We're not going to get him, but no, he's incredible. Like, yeah, you we have, have Damian Williams. You have to trade up and don't trade in up the second game. round. You'd have to trade up in the second round for Montgomery. Yeah, you think he'll be there in the second round? Yep. Really? Running backs aren't going in the first. You don't think any running backs are going in the first round? I do not. I don't think even Josh Jacobs, the one that they think is going to Philly. I I think Jacobs goes between thirteen and twenty-two. I don't think so. he's going to the Eagles where they keep pegging him. I'm like they just traded for howard from the bears yeah. and well, he's a great they, player but, but they did that because um i i'm it's slipping his his name ajayi slipping. no he's he's still a free agent i know um, crazy well you got hurt but um it's it's the the other running back for philly clement just, is it clement i think that's um, his name. just had surgery like two oh, months ago on his okay knee. So they don't. So he's not going to. I I read he's not starting activities till August. So they're thinking they're going to need another guy. So I think they're going to need. But drafting, but drafting that that high just doesn't seem like it. You have Howard now, and Howard's good. The only reason why they're trading away Howard is because they don't need a downhill runner because they have Tariq Cohen, and that's they like Tariq Cohen a lot. But they're also doing the Andy Reid formula. Which yeah. is like I can get some value for this dude. I don't need him. Yeah, you know, like Kareem Hunt would not have been re-signed long term. He wouldn't. They would not have signed him for five and sixty million. Like that. I don't think that would have happened. Like, I don't think they would have. They would have just drafted another. Ranking. They would have just like let him go on free agency and gotten like a, a comp pick for him. Um, I was just looking the other day. The, I think. Um, I think I said I, I think I said twelve, and this is why for somebody like Jacobs is the Packers pick at twelve. Um, I think he's a running back there. I think a running back in Atlanta is a possibility. I don't think they're sold on Freeman. Well, they have Freeman and Tevin Smith, who they or not Tevin Smith, something something Ito Smith, they drafted last year. I think it's still a possibility. Yeah. Just throw it out. I just just watch it. It's like who the hell is um, that guy's name? Is. And I think um, Pittsburgh is. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh needs one. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And, and, and I Connor's think I, good. I, I, but I think they like Connor, but um, having another guy helps. Yeah, I, I, I Devonte Freeman. Devon is. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking from, up his first name from uh, from Atlanta. Atlanta. I think yeah. he's. Well, their other guy done. is now he's in done. in 49ers. Yeah, Coleman left. Yeah. yeah. But Which is I, now weird for me because they they 
signed McKinnon last year, who I was like, that's great. He's a great yeah, player. And then knee. he fucked up his knee. But I, he'll be he'll be back this year, hopefully. And they've got what's Brita. his name? Yeah, Brita. And now they have mm-hmm. they just have so many. I players. thought Coleman were, was going to come here. He can catch them all. Yeah, he's quick. But he got paid a lot, he, so it's like they eh. weren't going to pay him what he got paid. Yeah. So do you have any any last draft people at all, or are we going to jump into these like some of these rapid fire questions here? Uh, let's go rapid fire because Nelson was like my Nelson is my ultimate like sleeper. Ultimate like, sleeper. That's the dude I've been like. Look, third, fourth. That's the guy. That's the that's the dude. He played really well at Iowa. All right, we're gonna these these rapid fire questions. Uh, you can have multiple answers answers for these. They don't even have to be quick answers. We can expand off of them. They were just you know several questions I always ask cool. or try to ask. Favorite chief, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, like current, like or all current of all time, just all time. I oh man, say. all time. Uh, Derek Thomas, DT. Yeah. Uh, what have you been listening to lately? Could be an album artist. Um, I'm. Tears for Fears, a lot. <laughs> a lot of weeks. Tears a for lot. Fears. A lot. Like, just the whole catalog the last two weeks. I've been listening to and watching the new Kevin Morby stuff. He's doing some... He lives here in town now. Really? But he... I, I think he lived... He's from here, moved to L.A. or something like that, and then moved back here. But his music video for Oh My God, Rock and Roll is really okay. cool. Uh, very cool video. Uh, Shy Boys are his backing band in it. It's It's cool. It's interesting stuff that that guy's doing have you watched anything lately on tv or movie that you would recommend i just i don't know if i recommend this is okay i just watched twin peaks for the first time okay ever like the f- first like the original the original yeah because it's, like, it's on netflix and i don't know if it's the worst thing i've ever seen or the, the best, best thing i've ever yeah. seen and i can't i've talked to Did, talk to people about it yeah. like should i watch it and i just stare off into the distance uh, and i'm like uh, i have no did idea you how to answer were you that. the one that also shared i i saw it and it made me laugh really hard were you the one that shared that uh twin peaks is just saved by the bell for people who like joy, joy division? division yeah, yeah. That, was, that was me <laughs> that was me that's because it is 100 percent super accurate. super accurate. um besides that um i don't know what i feel like there's something real recently that i watched that was really good you're saying you're watching that History Channel thing earlier. Oh, yeah, Project Blue Book. Yeah, yeah. like four episodes in that. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and my but, suggestion would be also what I mentioned earlier, the uh, Dark Side of the Ring yeah. documentary. Super the cool. Project Blue Book, though, sent me into a fucking insane YouTube wormhole. Because I'm like, well, let me see what's going on with this. I've read about it, but let me like watch. And next thing, it's like two hours. And it's two Just on YouTube. And, and you're like, like, God damn, what am I doing? I'm watching old people talk about old government documents from like 1950 like, <laughs> fuck is wrong but the show's cool i'm like four episodes in it's pretty cool awesome um do you have a favorite video game um my well it was madden up until recently um, i actually like this past season's madden a lot it's fine it's they just they're not innovating anything my, I, like, I, it feels like, better favorite video game of all, all time or just like something that I, i've played recently oh well see i didn't know if you were a gamer and playing stuff recently i'm a, I'm a sports gamer okay me the too. greatest sports game of all time is the last 2k football game that's, that's the, the best one that's the best espn game. espn yeah, that's 2k the best sports game with chris ever. berman halftime and so good fucking first person view so awesome um but it's I, pretty incredible i do like the i do like the newest 
2K NBA game. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's incredible. I love it. I fucking buy them every year, yeah. and that's the reason 2K, why basketball is yeah. my favorite sport now. Yeah. Is, 2K it's is ridiculous. The, in the the EA is not innovating anything in Madden, and I don't. I'm. I don't think I'm going to buy it next year. As much as I love it. I always buy it when it goes on sale. I know. I say that every year. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm not buying it, dude. It's the same fucking shit every year. I'm like, hey, I got the new Madden. Come on over. And then it's fucking I'm a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't like when in this year's Madden when uh, Pat Mahomes got high, highly rated. I was just trying to do Pat Mahomes shit. Yeah. And that game will not let you do Pat Mahomes shit. I know. I was, they're, they're going <laughs> to Next year. This is my, my one reason for wanting to buy it is the second greatest football game ever is the – is it the 05 or 04 Madden with Mike Vick on the cover where he's yes, like the greatest running around? Right? Yeah. And the only reason I don't get Madden next year is that if they, that's Pat Mahomes. If they do that with Pat, because they have to do it. Yeah. I, I want multiple arm angles. I want yeah. to be able to like throw no, no look. looks. Yeah. Like I want all that shit. Um, so my, my favorite football game would also probably be ESPN. I've loved that game. So it's like the most in depth I've ever gotten on a season, probably in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also bringing it way back, uh, my favorite football game when I was a kid was NFL Football '94 with mm. Joe Montana on the cover for yep. Sega Genesis. Badass in game. the Chiefs uniform. Badass game. Yeah, that was a badass game. Yeah. This, the the John Madden before like when when Madden was coming out on Sega. Yeah. Before Sega kind of like disbanded was also awesome yeah those late sega because that's when you were able to start doing trades and all oh, that dude, stuff those games were and you're like wait a minute i could trade play it, what it, it just it looked better than it did on the um which i guess at that time was either the n64 or the super, super nintendo. nintendo i can't remember which which era that was but i was like sega genesis might have crossed over a little bit into early early uh 64 yeah um greatest game of all time though is the uh, first WCW N64 game. WCW NWO Revenge? Yeah, I, I, or I no, no Mercy. No Mercy is the first one. Because like, I, I knew everyone that was on there for the most part. My, my little brothers were into it. And I remember playing it for the first time. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, Revenge was my favorite of those. And then nice. I started loving the SmackDown versus Raw games were really the, fantastic. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't play any of those. Well, because you, you yeah, were, you were out of it by then, yeah. yeah. But that was in the my prime yeah. of being like, this is awesome. They would do the replays, though, when you do a finishing move. Yep. Do, and I was like, oh, this is great. Yep. I love that. I, I felt like I was 10. Yeah. Favorite local eatery? Man, lately it's been the that parlor place. Oh yeah, I don't know if any of those places are local. I have no idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they totally are, they, are. Are they all local? Okay. Uh, so uh, Vildahas just closed, or is about to close, and that's the same people that run Crockstrom. Okay. Right down the street, yep. and right next to them, the uh, damn, I can't remember what it is, but it's the Japanese food. That person also runs Shio oh, Ramen, shit. which is yeah. right down the street, and they both went in there at the same time. And then there's Carbone, which is local. And uh, that's my. It seems like the chicken place ones. was like a chain. mother clucker is a chain. Yeah. Okay, that's why I was like, this does not look local because yeah. I haven't seen you. But that spot's awesome. But the, the less, I mean, it's Jack Stack for me. Like Jack that, Stack's your Jack favorite. Jack Stack's the fucking that Joe's. I mean, I'm an LC's the two, guy, but LC, eh, that's fine. Like, but it's like the bar. Like when people tell me that, they're like. Well, I'm more of this. I'm like, that's also delicious. Yeah. I'm more of like a 
Big T's, dude. Big T's, delicious. Yeah. Also, LC's, really good. Smoked meats, can't go wrong with them. Not in this town. <laughs> Not in this town. You can't go wrong. So I don't really fight yeah. it. Like, I love Jack Stack and Joe's. And I Jack even... Stack does have some sweet-ass uh, cheesy corn. Dude, so. it's, uh, like, I'm, yeah. Um, I love everything on their menu. But I've been going to that parlor place. I've been, like, four times the last cool. week and a half. Yeah. Me, like, and Dev, cool. me and Devin have been there a few times, and uh, it's been delicious every time we go it's also a great place to like people that haven't been there to be like hey come hang out we have a few drinks yeah you can eat whatever the fuck you want there's like six different spots um and the bars are fine like it's a cool little environment i'm not gonna hang out there for four hours but no um it's we've started there with like drinks you know and like gone to green lady done whatever yeah um yeah probably that that's that's my spot right now nice All right, man. Well, it was fantastic to have you on. I hope we didn't run too long for some of you, but we will. uh, I'll be definitely doing some editing on it. So (laughs) it's great having you on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.